<coughs> okay. Uh, hi, everybody online. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Excellent. Okay, we have the exciting thing today. We have an, we have an omnidirectional mic, so hopefully you can hear everybody else and share today. Um, also, and in general, hopefully the quality of the recordings of my podcast will dramatically improve as a result um, of this quantum upgrade in our in our uh, technological capacities. Okay, so where we were yesterday uh, was we had we were discussing the Minchas Asher. Uh, we discussed the great length of Minchas Asher's um, response to Rav Moshe. Um, what I argued was that there's an irony built in that Minchas Asher says that uh, Rav Moshe is too un is unnuanced. Um, and because he says that you can't do this for everybody, really it depends on the age. It wasn't entirely clear uh, what the Minchas Asher thought was the age at which you could explain it um, to people, but right, Puto, Plagot Ruvain, right, correctly, of course, he points out it depends on both age and maturity, so it depends on the individuals, it depends, right, we all know, mm -hmm. right, that maturity can be a function of a, a group identity as opposed to individual identities. There can be lots of mature mm -hmm. people who nonetheless turn into four-year-olds as a group. Uh, presumably, some of them are four-year-olds who behave uh, like extremely mature uh, you know, uh, people when they're together in a group, although I have not yet met them. Um, so the... Uh, it depends which group. If I'm around, like... Good people, yeah, or anybody, if they're right. good people, they change. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's ideas. Okay, so actually, right then there was the part where I was um, less happy with the advice, where he said that this is an easy thing to explain, <laughs> and if you read it, and, and if someone can't explain it to people of the appropriate age, then they're the wrong educator. Get somebody else to explain it to them. And I, I, I was, um, I was less enthused about the possibility of. It being simple to explain and or of the capacity to pick the right people the people would know who the right people would explain it and we tied that into the whole connection of trust cultures and trust personalities uh and how you right and how you balance that right and that was the that was the that was the framing within the within the infrastructure does anybody have comments or uh questions about that before we move back to the motion where does he get the obligation for students to help their teachers from where does he get the obligation for students? Right, that's part of the lecture, standard lecture, 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 Okay, so he says right that students have you should explain to students. Right, from Alpha says right. I don't, I don't know if that was even loud enough for the mic. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, we'll move it towards you. <laughs> uh, so the um, uh, did you, could you guys hear it from Alpha? Yeah, I can. We can hear fine. Oh, you can hear fine. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll just um, excellent. Uh, so the um, Tzernatha says that the Minikas Asher uses language, right? And so when he when he explains how you're going to explain the simple thing to the students, he says you explain to them that it is their obligation to help their teachers. And um, so the question was like, how do we know that students have an obligation to help teachers? What is the nature of the obligation to help teachers? Um, I just assumed it was like he was using chova non literally. Like I, I figured just using it in the way that like we in English would often use the term obligation. Uh -huh, He's a, trying to tell them that it's overriding their like uh, against Lashon Hara, right? So it must be a real chova. No, but I don't. I think he's saying it's not Lashon Hara. It would have to be a real chova if it was being Docha Lashon Hara. But I think he's arguing this isn't Lashon Hara at all. Because in his framework, well, his, as long as as long as you can correctly shape their intent, it's not Lashon Hara. Does he trust like these kids to definitely have hmm. the right intent? Yeah, I don't know. I think that's, that's an interesting, uh, interesting notion. Uh, I can see, like, you know, I, I, like, I know what you said, like, the different sensibilities, because I am immediately thinking, you know, thorough, and, you know, and, and all students serve their teachers, you know, 
with their bodies, and some of them with some of them with their souls by opposing them. Um, is that not people not read their own civil disobedience? Okay, this is my, my occasional rants about what about um, what constitutes secular education. Uh, everyone should go read Thoreau and Civil Disobedience at some point. Not that I like Thoreau very much, but he said that that sentence is absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that, that sentence is absolutely beautiful. Uh, I, I, heard, I first read it because um, now Professor Hindi Nyman quoted it in an article she wrote in Hamavasar uh, when I was editor. Um, but it took me some time to read the rest of the essay, many, many years. But that is that that that, that, that line: um, "The great massive men live lives of silent desperation." That's a great line. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but that notion, right? That you know, that the the ultimate way to serve the state is with your is with your soul by opposing it, because mm -hmm. that's the only way the state ends up being moral. Mm -hmm. Is if people are willing to. I think that's a very powerful line. You should still pay your taxes, though. <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, you probably have to add not rape the capital, even if you oppose the state. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's talking about right, civil disobedience, right? Not violent, not violent uh, insurrection. That's Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> That's, Jeff That's Jefferson. <laughs> and I'm not a big fan of Jefferson at all. Uh, Jefferson's the only one of the founding fathers I don't have that uh, I don't have a good relationship with, really. Uh, Washington Island. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Madison. Madison's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Even Hamilton, despite the music. Despite the music. That's the musical. Um, but it well, was cool. Okay. Um, Pedal Heights trial. Mm. Um, okay. So, uh, right. So, that, so the question about what, right, or Lexi wants to argue that this is just rhetoric is an interest. It's an interesting thing in an essay, which is all about the difference between halachic obligation, right, law-based obligations, mitos-based obligations. To just start talking about, well, you know, obligation sort of things. That right, that would be a push. It would be sloppy of him. Um, so I, I'm inclined to Tzvarmachla. Uh, in my experience, Ray Weiss is not sloppy. Um, that would that would that that does not seem characteristic. Um, yeah, I think that's fair to say. My experience is not sloppy. Um, is the Chova like, is it part of just like Kavod Rav to help them? Is it part of like what what other? I mean, because it seems like right. it's about helping the other students. You have an obligation or, of Chinuch to the other students somehow? But, yeah, like, can, you have an obligation of Chinuch to your peers. Well, so there is a general, right? There's a general uh, debate about whether when there's an obligation of Chinuch, does that, right? So usually an obligation of Chinuch devolves on somebody who can't have any other obligations but Chinuch. Right, so the notion of generating an obligation on the on the objects of you know, to be subjects relative to the right to their teacher that I, I agree with you. That's why Sparma asked the question because it seems very odd. She said, "What's the obligation?" You said inakanami, um, but um, I just assumed the obligation was um, the kavod for your, your teacher, and if your teacher, like by definition, his job, his purpose is or hers to um, you know to teach. Then by transact, I don't know what that is. Um, then you, thank you. That's exactly. Uh -huh. um, then you know, yeah, that's where it's so you, you want like the van's obligation for Puru on women? Uh, right, so that would be right. Our vision for women is like you know, it's one of the great mid, mid grounds, right? Where the run says they're not women are not chayavot in Peru, mm. but they're chayavot to assist men in their obligation to Peru. <laughs> but it's not, but the chayav is not Peru, it's something else, but he never explains what it is. Mm -hmm. so it sounds like what you were yeah. suggesting, yeah. So we can right, create a whole new category of um, what we call access, accessory mitzvot. Mm -hmm. 
uh, right, you know, the, the obligation to aid in the bit. Well, the logic is very similar. It's that the mitzvah is impossible without the, the object. It's not quite not quite all mitzvah. There are many mitzvahs that are possible without object. But this, like tzedakah, which is another place where we talk about this kind of thing, is a mitzvah where the object needs to exist and the object is a person. And without that, the mitzvah cannot be done. So uh, right, we're going to foreshadow uh, later, later, later on, we're going to say that there's a penumbra around every mitzvah. <laughs> Right, and part right, which generates um, every mitzvah with a that needs two people. Well, every mitzvah inclu includes within it, right, an equivalent of the of uh, the clause in the Constitution, which says Congress shall have the right to make all laws necessary to enact the right to enact this, and all the powers of Congress include all the powers necessary to enact those powers of Congress. So that's two of mitzvah also. So any mitzvah that requires the assistance of another person, it right, entails the obligation of that person. Maybe we could just call it just like a shadow with me there. The opposite of Lisnaiver. Yeah. Right. But the question is, but you can't well, you can't make children obligated to either either. Well, no, just like Lisnaiver will only apply when there's no other way to do the mitzvah without without the say, Yeah, you can't make children chayev either because they can't be chayev. Well. <laughs> making 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 people who are not capable of chayev chayev. Is a little, I mean, do we make poor people obligated to, to take tzedakah? No, we generally don't say that. Yet we still say that they have a part of the mitzvah tzedakah by accepting tzedakah. Do we really say that for real? I lot of it's about it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's a little dicey. And we could try and claim it's a chiyuv derabanan, and then we could talk about whether the right, whether whether the and can apply to Khanim even when chiyuv and derisik can. And why not? Uh, I don't know. We can say that you know Hashem really only exists as you know Melech if uh, Hashem has people to work. Right, right, right. <laughs> Maybe Hashem doesn't exist. Uh, uh, right. Uh, here I go again. Yes, sir. I was saying, what about us, uh, say, parents in Kibbutz Avaim, where, you know, if, if you don't have parents, you can't do Kibbutz Avaim. So, so do the parents have a part in the midst of Kibbutz Avaim? Do they have to say, tell you to do things so that you can do Kibbutz Avaim? Well, maybe parents are not allowed to be completely mochal on their covenant. I mean, to me, it feels like this sort of thing with, like, right, with I need to have a that, like, well, actually, no, that was a bad example, but things that you don't need to put yourself in the situation of. Like, I don't think a parent, like, Obviously, in whatever it's complicated because they do have the obligation of purvu. But like, say a parent had fulfilled the obligation of purvu, like their kids moved out or passed away or whatever. I don't. They're not obligated to find a way for for Kibbutz Ava Am to then be fulfilled. It's like something that maybe, 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 maybe your parents can't just like randomly move to Alaska, you know? Because well, then you would be that's deprived. Of, know, like I think it's like if the situation is existent, then you're that claiming that's that's not the kind it's of case, right? It's a shulachin paradigm. Right. So you, you don't want to argue that birds don't have an obligation to lay right to lay eggs. That's not what parents... I was saying. I was just saying <laughs> if you happen to pass okay. a clear. I understand. I understand. If a bird came and asked to a shila, do I have to have an egg? <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Probably there are been about you know, about birds that are really not into procreating, uh, right? But they're told that they have an ancillary obligation. Uh, it does seem like one of those stories that would have like oh, the angels said to Hashem. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I, I don't know how much further we go. I, you know that we we understand the problem. We understand what you could conceivably do. We understand the problems with whatever with what you conceivably do. And in the end, really, the question is like to me is. What you know, it could be right. We could try and 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 dress up Lexi's proposal and say, right, that when you talk to children, you don't use halachic language, right? You talk right, and in the hmm. conversation of children, you use you use a different kind of language. So what kind of language is that? Um, all right, and we could we could we could be really fancy, and we could claim that it's not that children aren't obligated; it's just that they're not liable; they're not listening. Uh, 
But actually, obligation is an intrinsic human condition, and therefore children can be obligated. And therefore, it's reasonable to explain that children, there is this obligation, you just can't tell them they'll be punished for not doing it. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah. There, there, there are ways we could do that. Yeah. Because it's an assumption that, like, if I'm telling kids who are 10 that they have this obligation, that, like, we're working off the, like, shared assumption that kids who aren't, like, 12 or 13 yet don't actually have what we consider, like, a full chiyuv. And so they know if I'm using that language, I'm not using it in that context. Uh, so children children automatically put a kibiyachol before their, <laughs> right, before, before, before their names when you address them with the word chiyuv. I think, I think. Okay. Yeah. I think we also have to acknowledge that there's been a mass cultural shift between Rav Moshe and Rav Asher, but and now it's widely recognized, and including when I assume when this was written, that it's not good for children to keep secrets. That's it's traditional educational societies that children shouldn't have things they keep secret from adults because it's mm. bad for them and causes all kinds of abuses and all kinds of things bad things happen. And that was not recognized at Moshe's time and was recognized at Asher's time. So it could just be a simple projection of that. That's really interesting that you think that was going out of the right way is not is that on the one hand, we have a non-trust society, on the other hand, we have a non-secret society. Hmm. That's a really interesting idea. Uh, I don't hear it in his language, but it's a really interesting idea. Um, well, a lot of times this what happens with these kinds of cultural outside influences. The way they come into Psaac is not through language, but it happens to be that Psaac always, most of the time, comes out to match with what you think your instinct is, which is mostly shaped by your cultural expectations. Is there like a parallel literature about like encouraging students to tell on teachers? That was a really interesting question. That, I mean, there's a lot of literature now about you know, specifically the question of abuse, um, which, you know, which really takes a, a major cultural shift. That is a really interesting question. Both of those are really interesting questions. Wait, do, would you say there's more abuse today or just more reported? No one knows. Internet? Yeah. No one knows. Yeah, we react to it differently. Necessarily, yeah, more abuse. It might just be more, it's more reported. We don't know. And then we could say it was really horrible then too, and we read, you know, right, that, that's the right, and thank God we finally started reporting it, right, or, or we're making different cultural choices, right, but all of those are, um, all those are possible, I don't know. These cases uh, are also yeah. only um, dealing with things that the teacher doesn't want happening, right, like there's no discussion of like how do you prevent a culture of bullying by giving students repeated lectures about how they need to report bullying, right? So again, you, you are not raised in a trust culture towards teachers that's well, your parents fault but, but that also <laughs> thing about all the chuba is none of them mention what the thing is none of them seem to consider that might be relevant what the thing is which is interesting mm. so right it's true that none of them grade it the way you would expect if they're really being in the Chavez Chaim's world right it's right we should say to the children is it depends how serious it is they're all right they're all they they all seem to trust the show ill that this is the kind of thing that's worth it which I think is also part of the question. You have to go back to your own experience and say, when your teachers and administrators got mad at something the school did, that something, something that you know, got mad at something a kid did, were they always right of that to be mad about it? Or was they always right that, that was something worth worth you know, breaking trust among mm -hmm. students, which is also a value. Um, although I don't know how you frame the halakhically. Mm -hmm. um, right on the other hand, you, you know, some of your kids will grow up to be policemen and you don't want to train them. To cover up the right, to cover up the abuses of their friends, mm -hmm. right? That's uh, right. These, right, these, this is, I think, yeah, these are there are there is no single solution as to how, right, how to navigate it. It really depends on what your presumptions are as to what the dangers are. Um, and I think again, you know, it's where in the culture you have trust. Like, where in the culture you have trust is a big issue. Uh, I think you're right that um, well, even Igor Moshe does not. Um, does not directly say 
um, maybe you're wrong to think it's worth it for the students to tell you. Hmm. Uh, it doesn't go that far. Uh, but let's, let's, let's read Igor's motion site. Uh, so this is a trivia I have. I read, if I recall correctly, much more radically than Yehuda does. And much more radically, I think other people have, have given very strong critiques of my reading of this trivia. Um, so I guess I'll read it out loud first. And you can all critique my... Uh, at, uh, well, I'll read it out loud. You'll see, you'll see, you'll see what my reading is. Uh, or if I, if I catch myself in time, I will try and stop and ask you what a line means before I get there. Um, which should be... Uh, yeah, always nervous, but because I do really care about this one, I guess. I really want Rafosh to say what I'm saying. Um, I'm sure he wants Pardon? Is there a reason you had us read the Minchat Asher before reading the Igrat Moshe? It seems out of order. The Asher... Yeah, because for the context of the topic we were doing, the Minchat Asher introduced the distinction between Mido, between Mido space things and non Mido space things. And that and that followed from the Rabbi Khanan, all right, about the nature of the Nedam Oh, I and see. It was just a bonus. That right, that you could then read the Nefesh consecutively, and you could see how it followed. Okay, so uh, we are in Tafshin Chav Zayin, right? So we are what year? 1967, right? Or 66, I guess, because it's Kislev? 67, yeah, so 67, 67. All right, so we, we could have fun situating this at the height of the 60s, mm. uh, if, we, right, if we still wanted to, um, and possibly we should go back at some point to. A, a problem in the summer program is always scheduled during the three weeks. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, really, this is this is a trip that should be read together with watching um, Dead Poet Society. Hmm. <sighs> and uh, right at the top of it, which also, you know, I have different diff different shots from Rabbi Biniglau than is usually uh, <laughs> in that story. Pardon? What the final answer? Only half the program is uh This is true. We can have it later, but the trip is coming up now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kevin's here. Try okay. So Bidvar Lanosh uh um Lanosh tell me the uh no, that's not the right one, right? I think that's the first one. Oh, that's right, because the trip also talks about right about punish about punishing. Okay, but here's the question. Vidvarim Rashaimila made Lamarla tell me deem, Shim Yodin me asata davar hagnai yodialo. Right. So he starts off by framing it, and I think of Usher Weiss talked about asking strongly, didn't he? Or telling us strongly Bitokev. Rav Usher didn't even address the question of Bitokev. Right, we're we're in the original packet, right? Um, right, page page three of the original of the original packet. So imagine that just can you even tell the students if you right if you know who did this davar shel and again we don't know what the davar shel is. Uh, we could claim that it must be obviously a victimless crime, as a, right? Because it was a victim crime, then Rebbe would of course agree that you have to right. We could say that. That's what's, right. It's just something that is intrinsically shameful. It could be anything. You could combine it with the Pitzakla Chuva and say you have to guess how much they were stealing. If it was less than more than a puta, if it was less than a puta, it's only a shear. It's not worth it. More than a puta. You don't know if it was us, or maybe somebody brought an action figure from their favorite TV show right. and they okay. found the action figure. Like right. it could be most likely, you know, most likely somebody vandalized a piece of school property, some right, somebody wrote something vulgar on the on the blackboard. Um right now the when I when I'm teaching this in the context where the, the primary focus is education, so then you know we, we'll talk about honor systems, mm -hmm. and we should realize that the question here is it has to be chained, right? It's a very different question whether you set up an entire school based on an honor system, where everyone is invested in, a, in a, on a premise that you have to inform on everybody, and whether right and whether right and not. I'm assuming that we're dealing here with a school that does not have a formal honor code. Mm -hmm. Students have not been made to pledge that they will inform other people's behavior, right? The, the nature of the relationship isn't right, isn't that kind. 
I don't think that's a presumption. I think that's the question. The question is whether you should make a school that has where your presumptions you inform other people's behavior or not. No, because an honor code system, where part of the point is that the administration will leave the schools a great, will leave the students a great deal of independence. Right? And the, the right you gain from the honor system is that the school trusts you. And right, and that's why honor systems, right, in the absence of trust, honor systems are the most disastrous thing imaginable. Because right, because there's a total mismatch. But in a real honor system, right, students right, gain enormous autonomy. Among the things that really gain is that the administration trusts them which things not to report. It says very clearly which things you have to report, and students get to engage in jury nullification. Uh, right, if they think that this shouldn't be punished, then they don't report it. And then the school has to decide it, right? If you know, has to basically decide if the students say this is Xavier Shane Robert Sibriel Halamo's vote. Right then, right then, um, right then, we're going to let that go. Right, so I think honor system, whether for good or ill, is a wholly different cultural framework. And but, right, and the question of whether you should build an honor, a school should ideally be built on an honor system or not is very different than the question of a school which doesn't have an honor system, um, right, sh right, uh, should act. And I'm assuming that we're talking here in the context uh, where, the, where there is no honor system. Um, There's also, I feel like, if, yeah, if we're talking about kids, like. That are young in honor system, I feel is yeah, but also in right. a different way. Right. Yeah. I you can't run an honor system with underbar mitzvah kids. Yeah. Right. So this is this you'll get into the question of how much you read progressive education and things like that, where you can read Summerhill and other books like that, and <laughs> you know, and uh, watch watch Boys Town and things uh, and things like you know, the the mm. the the dream you know the early, the dreams of fully autonomous education. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. right, all those sorts of things. Okay. So the question was, who davar michur right? So Rebusha says this is right. We, we we got tangled a little bit in the word minhag last time. So Rebusha doesn't say minhag, or always quotes him that way. He just says who davar michur, right? This is a disgusting thing. Um, that's a really interesting language, right? So you know, he doesn't say it's usher, right? He says it's michur. Um, now why is it michur? So now you could say it's michur. Because it corrupts the character of the teachers, and I would actually like to, to make the argument. Ramosha doesn't say that, right? That's what Yehuda is talking about, right? He doesn't talk about the dangers to teachers of exercising power in that way. I mean, he says why, right? Yeah, but I'm just I'm just putting in my thing. I'm not see. Look, I'm not even claiming Ramosha says this one. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> all right. Whatever Mechurla says, Kain Yigrom Because if you tell that to students, so students will not process the idea that this is good Lashon Hara, but that doesn't mean we should say the bad Lashon Hara. They will learn that this is not a bad thing to do. It will shift their balance. And what you're doing in education is you're teaching people, right? This is the presumption. You're not teaching people bright lines. Well, that's part of what you're doing, but part of what you're doing in education is teaching people how to balance values. And so to some extent, this um, to me relates to uh, the idea about Lashon Hara that you can find in, in, you know, in classical sources, but I, I think first really got from uh, Professor Jeffrey Rosen's book on privacy, um, where he said that what's wrong about Lashon Hara is that there are a billion things, right? If I know you exactly, I'll say I need to know a billion things, but I'm never gonna know a billion things about you. I'm probably gonna know 10 things about you. If one of those 10 things is Lashon Hara, 10% of what I know about you is Lashon Hara, even if it's right, but really it's only 1% of your personality, but it's, for me it's 10%. So Lashon Hara is, all, the problem with Lashon Hara is that it distorts people's view, right? It, it, mm. it emphasizes things like that. So the same token, I think Rav Moshe says that if you, right, that students have a limited, have a limited number of points on the graph in figuring out how to balance Lashon Hara and toilets. Mm. And, interesting at all. 
You don't think it's not even close. Okay, good. Go ahead. Either. I think he's saying it sets up a relationship where you see someone doing a bad thing, first reaction to spread it around, and he doesn't think that's that's the type of human relationship that Jews are supposed to have. He says, "Igram sheyakilu b'lashon hara." Right, not that they're right that they're going to take it less seriously. Right, that's not the same thing as as its habit forming. It means that they have right. That's right. I right. think that's what you take it less seriously usually means. Why does it matter? They don't think. It'll start breaking down the bright lines in their head. Yeah, I mean, it has to be about habit form. As in, like, the whole idea, I think the whole idea is like, like that they'll take it less seriously. They'll consider it less of a serious problem. And then considering it less of a serious problem will most likely lead to people doing it. So, I guess, so if we frame the distinction, right? So, I want what I want to argue is that it mean, does it mean that they will not, they will cease to think it's wrong. It means that they will think that they will have too low a standard for two elements. Right when you're weighing, when you're weighing, right? So I'm taking it very literally, right? They, mm-hmm. right? They're t- they're making it lighter. You have a scale, and it used to be right, and and it's not a scale of, well, you know, I do things that are wrong, but not things that are that wrong. That's one way of looking at. That's what Yehuda's arguing, and the other is, well, I do this thing which ha- which has a negative, right? Only for only when it's outweighed by this value. So right, so that's two different, right? Those are two different models. I don't I don't know that I can prove one of them linguistically or the other. Um, Wouldn't but, it also just be like an issue of hypocrisy, right? Like you say this is wrong unless you want me to do it, in which case it's totally cool. So they're just not going to take the whole issue seriously. Yeah. So, but that would mean like you can't, you know, that would mean that you can't do any nuance at all. Yeah. I think that's, I think the off reading is pretty good in emotion. Isn't that what the Hamad sort of uh, response to it is? Like you're, you're assuming you're not capable of nuance, but actually they're capable of nuance. Okay. So we have. I guess three readings, right? One is, right, that what I'm arguing for is that it lowers the standard of toilet. Two is what you had initially argued and Lexi argued for is that you just take the whole thing less seriously. And then three, what Pramalka is arguing is that you, right, you, you just become cynical about the whole thing, mm-hmm. right? Where you start, right, that's actually a very sophisticated view, right? Where you, where you begin to, right, you, you begin to, um, to understand that uh, right, the tattling is just an exp- is just an expression of the power structure, and essentially, right, you know, it's, you know we have these little Foucaults in our elementary school <laughs> <laughs> elementary school classrooms, uh, understanding the nature of punishment and punish, you know, and things like that. It's very cool. Well, it's a little more complicated because we see the power structure is reversed in the uh, example. Yeah, I don't think we ever see God as at the bottom of the power structure. Okay, that's very good, right? That's a good thing to say. But you find you want to say something first? I was saying that, like, when I read it, I was I read it like the second one, like the second one. Okay, so good, right? So yeah, I have I'm I'm muda entirely that this is that yeah you know, that I read a lot into this Russia, and you'll see if you go for it, see if you go for it or not. It's um, just so know. ironic that uses the word cow and uh, actually Weiss was saying it's so simple to uh... could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm wrong, I'll have to try and get Rav to rewrite it because I'm sure he meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, it's a problem when people don't write clearly enough. Uh, okay. Right. So God says to Yeshua, right? What am I? What am I your informant? Um, right. So I'll look that up. Right. Whether dilator has a specific you know, meaning in in Latin that carries you know whether the proper translation is rat. Uh, right, or a stool pigeon, as opposed to informer, I couldn't tell you. Um, but it sounds like that to me. That right, that uh, right, that that it doesn't just mean because what's wrong with being an informer? 
it, it, you know, but clearly God is not saying to you, what am I, your, your, am I your sophisticated, you know, intelligence, intelligence agent, right? right? It's, I, I assume it carries, it carries some kind of really negative connotation in the culture, although we all understand that informants are heroes, right? You know, for, if you're know, on the right side of the mob, right? You know, we, we see mob informants, right? As, right, you know, it, to some extent it's heroic figures, especially they do it because of conscience. But they're also betraying their, right, their- um, well, I feel like in rabbinic literature, informant often has the implication, like the association of like Jews who are informants to non-Jewish government. Yeah, we don't like most room, right? We talked about that, right? I, I also don't think you're right. You use the example for modern literature. I don't think informants are heroes in rabbinic literature. Maybe never. I think informants, uh, well, I know, interesting quick thing to me I always think about is the guy who shows the who shows Yoshua the entrance to lose. Mm -hmm. um, right there, they're right. Lose, right? Loses. Jewish right. informants in, in rabbinic and uh biblical literature are not heroes, non-Jewish informants are. Yeah, mm. Jewish informants to non-Jews are, are, right, are evil exactly people. Non-Jewish informants to Jews are heroes. Informants. We define informants yeah. as telling someone about the bad things someone else did. I don't think I can think of any examples of heroes. There are military informants who betray their, their side. Betrayers can be heroes if you betray someone militarily. Uh -huh. It's not the same as telling yeah. someone about mm -hmm. someone else's bad behavior. You know, we have this Torah, uh, you know, about, you know, that if you're, I think that the people who, who turn over a, a, a Macy's and Media are heroes. Yeah. You have a the Torah goes out of his way. Right, right. Even if you're right, right, even your parents, right? We get right, we get you know, the the literal things. I, I don't think that's entirely right. Whether we have narratives, uh, whether we have narratives that valorize uh, informants, uh, that is an interesting question. Uh, like the the great counter example is is Tuvian Zaygud, right? If one age shows up in court and testifies to someone else's sin, the right the witness gets lashed. Because what you, you're only telling Washinara, you need a second witness to, to convict the person, huh. right? So that's right. The right, so Gemara says, right? Someone just comes in, right? Tovia, right? So Zaygud comes. Well, Zaygud is a witness, right? I think so. Yeah. Zaygud is a witness, and he Tovia comes in, and he comes in and testifies about to, uh, testifies about Tovia, mm -hmm. and uh, and then and they whip Zaygud, and right? He says he says Tovia Chotev is Zaygud Mangid. I think that's the language I read about it recently, right? That's funny because Zaygud actually means Zaygud actually means shliach. And so this is the this is you know what it really means is don't whip the messenger. <laughs> right. And it's one of these idioms that shows up uh, shows up all the way through literature. Mm -hmm. um, so for fun, I guess I'll throw in my my usual favorite about this is the Ramban, who who understands literally like this is just a translation that the argument between Lemach and his wives is right because Lemach, Lemach is a child is a, is a descendant of Cain, and Lemach's wife said the world's going to get wiped out because you're right you're recreating weapons of the murderer. And Lamech, and Lamech says to his wives, swords don't kill people. People kill people. Mm. <laughs> so you can't blame me for making metal. Uh, right? So, right, all these things. Right? That, but literally, Ramban says, well, it's probably a reference to the thing of a About the Nachash? Yeah. Okay, right. So, that right. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. I didn't get that. Uh, okay. Okay. Back on target. Um, yes. Um, okay. So, the right, even though so Ramosha does right, he says even though God says I don't want to be right, I don't want to I don't want to be a messenger, and but that's not a good proof because there because as long as the person will find out anyway, 
So that explains why God says, I don't want to be an informer. It doesn't tell us about a case where they won't find out anyway. So like there's another question which, which gets addressed by, by others is that obviously, how does, the, how does the lottery inform you if not by divine intervention? So it seems like, um, mm -hmm. it seems like this is, you know, a Yifeinetish type thing, uh, right? Where, right if, you, if, you argue, if you argue it that way. So the question is, does Ramosha really mean this? Right, really mean this is not a proof at all? Or does he mean this is not a rigorous proof? But, uh, right, but nonetheless, right, it's pretty clear, right, when that God uses the word a dilator, right? God doesn't say, am I an unnecessary dilator to you? Now you could say, God says, what am I a dilator use a girl? But I, I think that's why I want to argue, if I don't have it, that the word dilator probably has that connotation. Well, we know a lot about dilator connotations. I was just looking at it. Yeah. Apparently, it's an ancient Roman word. Yeah, good. Was, and there's a, there's a group of people who was, as Pliny describes, groups of people who get very rich by telling about assets other people have, and they collect a portion of them as a reward. They are most room. Right, they're most as a delta there. And in this case, God stands to quote monetarily benefit sort of from this, which is what makes it more interesting because that is what the negative aspect of delta always is. That is to someone who stands to monetarily benefit that, from that. That is terrific. It's Dafka because it's about the Heremiricho. Yes. And it's ah, about the money. And that God belongs is, to God. God is showing the. Try the and ah. the, that is very cool. Uh, yeah, I wish Nachman were here to explain to me like why why it is that God describes himself in Roman terms and not as a Moser. If Dilator sounds like it sounds like Dilator is the exact uh, what, what's the shorish of Dilator in Latin? Uh, is, it, is it the same? Dilato, it's from Dilato. Uh, Dilato. Yeah, Dilato. In the Wikipedia page, it has, it has Jewish law main article in the Sira. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think the the, the shorish is of it? What does it mean? I looked it up. It says it says it's from um, dilato, dilatari, dilatatum. It's a verb that means to spread out, dilate, to enlarge, amplify, extend. Hmm. That's and not quite Moser. But I think yeah. the word itself refers to a Moser. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like that that they are they are uh, cognize is not the right word because that would have to be right imply a relationship. But it sounds like mm -hmm. translations of each other. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. really interesting. Uh, so I want to argue that, that I want to argue that by citing this, even though he 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 says in advance that this is not a proof, Ramusha, what he's telling you is that it's an inherently negative act, which can sometimes be justified by the need. What I don't get is what I, what I don't quite get here is isn't God being a dilator anyway by manipulating the goral to get the goral to find the right person? Right. So the conceit of this agarita. Is that God is not responsible for the goral? The goral is some kind of like independent way in which Yeshua can find it out. Maybe the goral is actually completely random, right? Yeshua says, "Don't don't touch on her about the goral." When Achan says it, he doesn't actually <laughs> say it's not random. <laughs> well, Achan doesn't say what Achan says. Right, really, is wow. that or he says that they're responsible? I don't know. No, which one no what he says is that when you run a lottery, it has to yield somebody, right? So right, there's no null. There's, right, there's no null result, and therefore a lottery is not a reliable thing because it could be that the Right? It only works if you right in even in principle if you know that you know that you've actually you have all the suspects in the room before you reveal the murderer, right? But if you actually missed the you know if you actually missed the stranger from outside, right, who came in right who came in random, randomly committed the murder, the lottery is not going to help any. He doesn't say that. That is what Ahan says. No, he says he says like 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 if I threw your lottery, it could fall on one of you. No, I don't think so. Let's it's take a look at it now. It's the last thing on the, on the sheet, right? It's a very ambiguous line. It says. Uh, right, right around page seven, it says, 
Uh, we on page six. Yeah. On page six, actually? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so where, where, what does that actually say? It says, uh, you sure sure the girl. Yeah, you're sure the girl. So what comes out next? Um, right. So you're, reading that that is, so you're reading that is this is only throwing the girl on two of the two of them? Exactly. If I, I, read, it all. if I were to say it has to be one of the two of you, it's going to be one of the two of you. You're going to say, oh, look, the lottery That's picture. Okay, like so we, we disagree about that. Could fall on any of you, even no, if it's no, good people. No, right? If I if I if I'm going to throw throw lots between the two of you, it would have to end up on one of you. That's right. The girl mm. only works if you have if you've eliminated if you've correctly eliminated eliminated all the all the all the other people. Okay, we can we'll get, we can we can leave that for now. Cool. Okay. Um, Instead of choosing lots, you have flowering branches. Uh, flowering branches are, you know, not because you could have no result, right? There could be no, right? None of them could flower. Exactly you right. Think would be fine hmm. if you were in a blank check? Uh, I don't know. It depends whether you think Ahmed is arguing sincerely or not. Right, but you really think that's his whole argument? That they should just have thrown in a blank chip into the lottery along with everyone's name, and then that would be a fine way of testing it because you could have picked out the blank one. Um, yeah, I think so. Okay. I think, you know, I think that the uh, otherwise you have to believe the universe is random, right? That's the thing. Right? I don't think Ahmed believes the universe is random. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, of course, right, of course, God can. Or of course, you can. The result will be true. Just you have to set the right parameters. Okay, right. So we can, we can have that argument too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I want to argue that that's why Rav Moshe quotes it, um, but it's a clever rhetorical trick, right? You know, to quote it and then say, but you can't. You can't attack me for quoting it because I'm not making a mistake. I know it's not a proof, but at the same time, whenever you think of this trivia, right? So all of you will remember the word dilatory. <laughs> right. I looked right. it up by the way. It does seem to be there are a lot of examples of people talking about professional delators. It's not a, it's, but he says he delta on, he's not saying, Am I an informer? Like, am I informing on you? He's saying, Am I one of these odious people whose job it is to inform upon people to earn money? Interesting. Now, of course, I, you know, the thing is, that, you know, God is the one from whom it was stolen, right? So there are lots of ways yeah. in which the, in which the, 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 the um, right? Do I, yeah. right? Somebody's, yeah. somebody steals from me, right? That's like, that's a really dangerous culture, right? Where you can't even report mm. to the people who steal from you, right? Yeah. That's right. So there, right? So there are, there are, there, are, there are, well, that's always the problem with God. He always takes too many slots in your Michelle. You right. That is a danger. <laughs> that is a problem of Michelle as well. Okay. Um, so it's true that here, maybe the teacher want to find out. If the purpose of the student in telling on the teacher, uh, telling on their fellow student was to uh, was to uh, either to rebuke their fellow student or to enable the uh, their teacher to rebuke the fellow student, and all this to be done with the purest of motivations, uh, because your fellow will get punished. The come and you believe that punishment is actually going to improve. Their, um, you know, even Rav Moshe doesn't say that you're that, right. You're telling on them so that they can have a really good conversation with your teacher, hmm. right? You might say, right, you're telling on them because you want the teacher to be able to explain to them why it's wrong. No, you're telling them they'll get punished. Mm-hmm. But you are the belief that right. You're doing this entirely sincerely because you're the belief that punishment will in fact improve their ways. So this is a big thing, right? You know, it's the you know to what extent you believe that punishment improves ways. Uh, right, and that also, you know, in some cultures, yes, and in some cultures, not. It really depends, to some extent, whether the punishee believes that the punisher is behaving the shema. Well, part of the punishment is because it's a uh, that, that's always the issue. There's no punishment you, unless you believe that private conversations are radically more effective than public conversations. You can have the conversation without knowing who did it. Right. Well, that's where well, that's right. That's yeah. what's going to be. Mm-hmm. What going to say? Yeah. Uh, right. So therefore, he says it would be Right. That's also an interesting language. Right. If if it were for the sake of Tvachalishma, it doesn't say Hayam Mutter, 
He says, it could conceivably be mutter if it was done for kavana, mm. But it wouldn't necessarily be mutter because, I think, because it might still not be worth it. Right? Because mm-hmm. with the best of intentions, it could still be usher because the calculus doesn't work out. Because Lashonara is by itself a, uh, you know, a, a, rent, you know, a rending of the fabric of creation. Um, right? It's like, like any other fate, right? Like any other fate, it has, it has consequences. But sometimes, right, sometimes you have to do it. But he's not using the language of Rabbi Weiss that, uh, or Rabbi Hanan that <laughs> when it's Lituella, it's mutter. Right? You could give a heter. It's not the same thing as it's mutter. I wonder how he feels about collective punishment. He doesn't bring that up, even though his example is one where they are being collectively punished. Uh, he doesn't describe. Who says they're being collectively punished? Right? The school's doing nothing. No, and I collectively punished. Oh, and I they're being collectively yeah right because also right the, the analogy, the analogy to you know, to Yeshua fails right. It's because nefesh right. God is white right, and the person who's refusing to tell is the person who's right. Well, you we can always make it the way it's because nefesh. I'm not sure it should be good enough. Yeah, well, when the informer says, well, you know, I can't tell you who it is. I'm just going to kill all of you until you run out. <laughs> 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 That's not likely, right? That's, you know, the, it's the problem with Michelle and that, right? Yeah, that, that they got. They're lots of very, Yeah, I think that's why I think that Ramesh is right, that the the valence of the Agatha is don't be a dilator. Mm-hmm. Right? Being a dilator is a really bad thing. I think mean, that's the valence of it. And it's just a really dramatic way of conveying it to you, and it works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we could say that the Latin is just there to bring it home to you. Um, but somebody should write the, there must be there must be a good reason for the uh, for doing it that way. Okay. Um, Here's a question, by the way. Yeah. So I wonder what, why, if if you were to ask Rav Moshe, why is it that Yehoshua had the ability to use the garage to figure out who it was, but modern teachers don't? What would he say? I think he'd say you know, that only people on the highest possible madriga, you know, can use a garage reliably. Okay. Fine. So I guess Shaul was in the highest possible Madriga too, because he used a girl to figure out that it was Yonatan who ate the honey. I'm sure. Yeah, it's fine with saying the girl is sure. in the highest possible Madriga. Yeah, girl, girl. I don't think that's that is concerned with it. I, I, I'm okay with that also. I, I think that's fine. Um, it could be everybody. Everybody who read everybody before Shirley Jackson was on such a Madriga. <laughs> and then Shirley Jackson just ruined it for it. Just ruined it. You can't use you can't use lotteries anymore after that to punish people. Um, <laughs> you can. It'd be really interesting educational strategy. Say, I know you probably didn't do it, but we have to punish somebody, and hopefully, there's some reason you just. It works in Yona too, right? So, right, and, you know, and so all the all the rationalist uh, rationalist Rishonim have trouble trying to figure out why it works in Yona. Right? If you were in history in Yona, Yona is just random pagan sailors. Mm. Right, so but every, every, everybody has to figure it out. Figure it Wait, out. how can those sailors be in the highest Madriga? That's very implausible. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if they can do it, surely these teachers can do it. Yeah, maybe, but maybe you need to have a person of, of really high Madriga amidst you, and then there's an aura. Maybe it's like maybe the series were really awesome, you know? Oh, they took it to Judaism, they're nice people, you know? Maybe Yona rigged the Goral because he couldn't deal with the possibility that somebody else would be thrown into the sea for his sin. In his sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it must be really easy. Uh, he was only feigning sleep, actually. He had his magnet underneath the relay wheel. <laughs> uh, okay, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So also, can you see about Rafi and Daftar Zion, Shamar Abiyokan and Benuri? Um, what Baribi means there is a whole separate question. 
um, right? It probably it means the great, right? And not, right? There are versions where it's the Rebbe and, right, and trying to create characters who are the children of Rebbe. Let's assume that this just means the great. Um, Maybe why he calls him Akiva, not Rabbi Akiva, given that he seems to be a student. He seems to be on a first name basis with him. Well, they were, but they were students together, I think. Mm -hmm. I think so. Oh, I see. So, so yes, yes, got it, got it. And they were students together. And as I think Spiramakhlu pointed out in Chavrusa, that um, he seems to, to be proud of this. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, right, Rav Moshe assumes that was, of course, so Chachalishma, and it was necessary because Sarah Gamliel could know whatever it was Rabbi Kiva was doing wrong. Um, and certainly, the, right, in other words, there are lots of cases in Shas where Amaroyim seem to be telling tales about each other to their teacher. And right, Rav Moshe says, so those must all, right, uh, those, right, so I have to deal with all those cases. Why aren't they all dilatory? So they must all be Lishma. Right, so right, so that must mean that it's okay, Lishma, and we do it right because these are all right. They're, they were all, you know, even though they're all the great you know, but it sounds like, right, it sounds like there is um, that there isn't really this um, odium associated with informing, at least in the context of education. So his response to that is, although Okay, this is to me is the is the key line. So as opposed to um, imposing this on you, um, it doesn't work if I impose it on you. What we want you to do is to be aroused by yourself to say the correct shot in Rav Moshe. <laughs> um, so who feels inspired? Who feels inspired? To, to say the correct chat in Revolution. A question about this thing in um in Erchin. Is Lama Kufe Luka in the Pual? Uh, it should be Luka. Sorry, Luka, Laka, right? Laka, no, past tense. No, no, but I'm not talking about tense, I'm talking about Binyan. Luka. Why is it Luka? Laka. Because it's it seems it's it seems to be saying Rabbi Akiva was flashed yeah. on account of me or by me. I think Laka can do that. Really? I thought Laka means Rabbi Akiva is the subject of the verb. We always have problems if we care about grammar. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think I think Rabbi Akiva Laka the, the past tense means that. I just think it means that. You mean it can be passive? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Fine. I understand it could be Nilka or Hulka or Luka, as you suggest. I, I don't I don't think so. I can't prove it. It could be that I have this Gemara in my head and it's a mistake, you know, from the first time I learned this Gemara. I guess there are no manuscripts for the vowels, so it's possible to know. Right. I, 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 all I can tell you is, like, you know, is feel. I couldn't prove it because every case I, I bring to you, the claim is really a sure, right? So why do you think it's Laka, not Luka? Because probably that's how my teacher pronounced it when I first, they first heard it to me, but it could be I never heard it pronounced. So uh, lots of English words I mispronounced because I only read them in books. Like roulette. I understand it's really supposed to be roulette. Right? Or something like that? Mm -hmm. In general, words with French are bad. I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm Moda, right? You could be right. But, um, you know, I think I, I quoted to you, right? I always thought that uh, Dr. Soloveitchik would all, um, in Shear, would correct you if you mispronounce things unless you claimed that you, that was how your teacher said it, then it was fine. Um, so, of course, you learn always to say, but that's how my teacher said it. Um, mm -hmm. But, or if you, integrity, you change it. Okay, um, hopefully we roll honest about it. Um, okay, so all right, so who, right, so what is he? What is Rambam saying? And how is he? 
how is he resolving the problem that the MRIM seems to do this a lot, and yet he thinks we can't do it? He's saying that like there, these are cases of them coming of their own volition. Like it's not that the that they're like Rebbies were saying, okay, I know somebody's done something wrong. Somebody tell on them. It's like fellow students voluntarily going because, and like it explicitly says it at least in the one with Rebbe Akiva that like it it the bit right after what's quoted here is about how like and Rebbe Akiva loved me more for it because you know, like we see this thing about like Siddiquim want to be improved, whatever. But like his idea is that these are cases where individuals of their own volition decided to share information with their teachers for the purpose of improving the individual students. And he thinks that like, he seems to think that like, yeah, that's that's fine. Those are cases where actually, it's not that like you can never tell a teacher. It's not that the telling of the teacher is really the inherently problematic act. It's that the teacher imposing this norm of forcing students to tell on fellow students is the problematic thing. We, we know in the Rafuna and Theobarov story that Theobarov does not appear to have taken kindly to Rafuna just hitting him because he was doing bad stuff, right? That's why Rafuna has to tell Shmuel. Okay, so let's, 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 so let's narrow it down, right? Because you, you said two different things, Lexi, right? So whether the teacher imposes it on the students and whether the, the person about whom it's told reacts well. So Zivermachlis says the person who's about uh, the object of, of the of the mm-hmm. of the information does not react well in all those stories. So that's not right. So that says from I don't know, maybe he would react well to Shmuel, but he does, certainly doesn't react well to Rafuna. So what I'm asking is well, that I'm essential to your the claim well is an essential part of it. Like I'm I'm saying the bit that follows in the Akiva thing, it doesn't just it says like that it's proof that like it's good to give Tokha to Tzadikim. Like I, I think that it's possible exactly. that like the recipients, at least in the immediate future, might not react like so well to to the repercussions of whatever they've done and it being told. But I think it's basically I think the when it comes to the idea of like Yakilu uh Hara, which is the main thing he says he's worried about, I think the idea is that like if an individual is doing this and it's somebody that we believe to gen- like we believe our students generally have decent moral codes then we can like maybe say that an individual is doing this because they know this for a good purpose. Whereas imposing a culture of you need to be telling on um, all of the habits of your fellow students and things they do wrong might lead people to not be able to make those distinctions as clearly. Okay, so that, that this version of your of your result leaves out, there are three parties here, right? There's the teacher, there's the, the teacher, the... I don't have a non-negative word. The, the, right, the teacher, the provider of information, and the right, and the object of the information. So, does the does the reaction of the object of the information matter at all? I don't really think so. In the way this is being framed, like I think the idea is that it's it has to be with the intent of like for the good of the person who's being told on but that doesn't guarantee that that person will receive well, whatever Good, he's right. It has to be with the intent of, okay. And now, right, so now the second thing we're trying to narrow down is, right, so it has to be with the intent of, so now, right, now we have, right, so now it has to be with the intent of, so now we could say that the teacher imposing it as a diagnostic of the intent, all right, that's one way of doing it. And the other way, right, which is, I think is the way where, where I think you, you, um, you, you slid a little bit again, as we said, it's because the teacher is imposing a culture, all right? And that will cause the students, that will cause the students in the future 
to make a mistake. So those are not the same claim, right? One possible claim is that it's only mutter lishma. If teachers tell you to do it, it will never be lishma. And the other is, even if it's lishma, you don't want a culture of tochacha lishma, or right, where everyone, right, or alternatively, a culture. Why do you say if the teacher is telling you to do it, it can never be lishma? Because I remember, right, because Lexi said, and right, based on Ramosha, that the key there that it should be mutter is lishma. And Ramosha nonetheless says teachers can't tell you to do it. Well, if it's if it's lishma, it's mutter. Why can't the teacher tell you to do it? So the easy solution is if the teacher tells you to do it, it won't be lishma. It's not necessarily that it'll never be lishma, but that's maybe less likely to be lishma. The odds of it being lishma decline to the point that it's right that it's that it's that the cost benefit ratio no longer works. You don't like it at all, Miriam. So no, it? I don't. Like so, I, I, I don't even understand it. I can argue, right? So once the teacher says it, so then you're not doing it for it because for the good of the student, you're doing it to curry favor with the teacher. Mm -hmm. Or because you agree with the teacher, or because you would have done it anyways, or because you trust in the teacher's knowledge of the student and the pro and the repercussions, or you trust in the teacher's ability to, you know, deal with it in the appropriate way, or or, or, or. Wow. Uh -huh. Well, I feel like those are generally when somebody would come of their own volition, right? Like, I feel like the scenario yeah. we're encountering is generally one where, like, the teacher knows something happened and suspects that students know something about it and nobody's talking about it, right? Like, we wouldn't be in this situation if students were coming of their own volition. Like, I feel like it feels like to me the situation that's being described is that it's believed that students know about what's happened and they're not telling the teacher. Which implies that right, the right? mod don't want to share that information. The situation develops, right? Well, the first thing when the administration finds out what happened, the first thing the administration does is not say, "Okay, tell me you did it," right? Because mm -hmm. unless you know, the administration, right, you first wait and hope that somebody will tell you who did it, mm -hmm. and then when no one comes and tells you, that's when you come and say, "Okay, somebody has to tell me who did this," because, right? So I think that's probably right that this exists already in a culture mm -hmm. where, right? So I. I guess, right? So here's like the subtle. The... I think there's a lot more. There's like so many different. Like, okay, so your initial example is somebody wrote something vulgar on the chalkboard. Um, and as a student in class, I might be thinking to myself, you know, maybe the teacher doesn't care. They'll erase it and move on. You know, yeah, they should have done that, but it's just not that big deal. Um, or I might be thinking, you know, depending on what they wrote, you know, well, you know, this is really bad, but, um, you know, maybe the teacher's going to deal with it. Maybe it's not my problem because I don't want to be that person, you know, that goes mm. out, you know, or somebody like Hashem says, somebody else would be the important, uh -huh. not me, you know. Um, and when the teacher says, then you realize, okay. Um, you know, and you're still doing it totally in the shmah. Okay, so you don't you think you're you, you don't agree with Rav Moshe because you think that that right you think that he that I mean, potentially I just don't agree with your formulation that it, it once the teacher says it then it can't yeah. possibly okay so you think maybe that, it has nothing to do with being the shmah maybe it's just to do with whether like uh, people understand nuance right and mm -hmm. even in your case like they could end up being like you know Miguel and Lashanhara. Right, and we trust Kedole Olam not to be Mekel and Lashon Hara because of this one case, and we don't necessarily trust other people, then yet, even then, we don't let their teachers, like, you know, make them do this. So, again, why, 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 so why don't we, if it's the right thing to do, right, if it's the right thing to do, and let's even say, right, you know, I, I think the question we could ask behind Rav Moshe is, Rav Moshe, does Rav Moshe want a society where bad things happen and no one, and the administration never finds out who did it? Right, there's this whole point is he wants this, right, his ideal society is one in which the administration finds out who did it because people tell them. Right now he's in a situation, right now the consideration he's fronting is something bad has happened and no one has told the administration. So now he has a choice. He can either 
say, right? He can either create a, a, a create a culture where, where the administration finds out but doesn't find out the way he wants them to, right? Or he can have a culture which the administration doesn't find out. He chooses the culture in which the administration doesn't find out. Why does he keep saying right, it has to be essential because if it wasn't essential, right, then you then right, then you're back to God, you're being a dilatory. But does he but why should but then there are two standards? Which one does he really believe in? Or do you need both? There's a standard of the informer's state of mind and the standard of the importance of knowing it. Like we can up one without changing the other at all. Like what if the Dava Maguna was someone stole someone else's laptop? And now we have a victim, and the necessity of knowing who it is goes up because the victim is hurt. But it doesn't change at all the state of mind. Of so the challenge in this analysis, which is the challenge in all uh, all cases which depend on intent, is there right? Is people are mixed? No, that's not what I was saying at all. I'm yeah. saying there are two standards, and do you need both? Do you need one or the other? There's one standard that has nothing to do with intent at all. It has to do with how important is it that this yeah. is known, and one has to do only with intent. What's the intent of these? So okay, so we could, we could have like a sort of you know a sort of parodic version, but with really where somebody comes to somebody comes to um, there's a version of the I will tell the kid who, came, who you know who used to come to me after davening in camp 15 minutes to learning group and says I have a Shiloh. Is it where I told right, I told you I wasn't going to come to learning groups today. Is it is Bittel Torah more important or telling the truth? Right, because if I come to learning groups and I was retroactively lying, right, you know that he managed to waste another half an hour right, while he was clearing this Akira about whether, <laughs> whether it was worse to lie. All right, so you could have it over somebody comes and says, Rebbe, I know who did it, um, but I really hate the person who did it. Should I tell you, even though it will give me great nachas? <laughs> now, we have to presume that this is a student who hates enough people that <laughs> the, teacher cannot, the teacher cannot do it. You know, we, we could drag go, Rebbe, I know I told on all my classmates 16 times for the past two weeks because I always get a great thrill out of it. But <laughs> yesterday, I did Shuba. <laughs> And I don't want to have, you know, we can put constructive version that way. I think the real cases are, you know, where people say, I don't know what my motive is. All right. You know, there is a thrill, but I think I'm doing it Lishma and the quite right. And it's going to be, I think you need both, but I don't know that you need that it that purely. But this, still, I think you're missing what I was trying to ask. Yeah. I'm not talking about mixed motives, whatever the motive is, it's there's it's a completely separate person. There's motive and essentiality, and those are unrelated. And the question is, which one? No, I think you need both. You think you need both? I think you need Sounds both, like but I'm not both. sure that you need the motive pure. I think he's, he's like he's dealing with the case in which like we're assuming it's essential. He's not he's not delving into what's considered essential. Essential is not enough because he tells you we don't do this anymore. Period. Maybe, or well, maybe what he's saying is that the tochacha lishma creates essentiality. Which is what I think he's saying. No, I think it no, is because it's not right. How does it create essentiality? Then God, then God could certainly have told you, Yeshua. Mm-hmm. He wasn't, you know, was going to kill him. He's not going to talk about There's no mitzvah Yoshua was going to do. And then, like, then the case breaks down in different ways, right? Then, you know, the, right, then, then it would no, have no proof at all. He doesn't say the difference is that God, that God, that, that God didn't, didn't tell Yoshua because you know what, Yoshua, you're just going to burn him to death. Of course, can I tell no, you? I don't that, think but... he's going to Yoshua. I think he brought up a specific objection, which is that we have examples of Tochacha. Why isn't this just another example of Tochacha? The specific objection is that the Tochacha only creates the kind of essentiality which we would need in the cases where it's purely Lishma. I don't think you said that. Uh, that seems very odd to me. You sure? Otherwise, you'd have to mention essentiality separately. He doesn't mention no, essentiality at all in the he second does. part. He, well, he, he does. does. Yeah. Right, but he and says, no, 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 says, says, says Haikah said, Tokha Lishma, Vi Hutzrach Shayadam. Or look at the second one, right? Uh-huh. In order for there to be Tokha Lishma, has to know about it. 
No, Shmuel has to know about it so that there could be tovacha. I think you have the cause and effect backwards. No, I, I, your sentence doesn't help me. Shmuel, of course, Shmuel has to know about how to be tovacha, for there to be tovacha. But if Shmuel could know about, could give the tovacha without my telling him, then it would write that it would be. Then he still couldn't do it. Maybe. So the problem in that story is Shmuel yelled at the wrong person, right? He doesn't even know that there's something wrong going on that Leibarov did. He can't. He can't just chastise the entire class because he doesn't know that anybody else did anything wrong. Okay, so let's right. Let's let's focus, which I think I I, I, I am I think comfortable saying. Let's focus on there is a fundamental difference between when the students do it on their own and when the teacher imposes imposes it. So one argument we said is that maybe. The teacher imposing it makes it not lishma. That's the argument Miriam doesn't like. The second possibility, which is the formulation that Lexi gave, is that the teacher creates a culture, mm -hmm. which is in, which has all the negative aspects of Moshe wants. Um, I want to. Okay, nobody nobody did it by yourselves, so I'm gonna have to do it. Right? <laughs> we'll have to. Um, I want to try to argue something much. I think. I guess right. The question the question I want to argue is maybe. The whole goal of education is to get right is for is for students to be able to make these decisions. And or right, and it, you know, and so telling them what to do is bad thing. I mean, I had to agree. Did you see that in the text? Right. So that's right. So <laughs> right. So the if you tell them what to do. So then I, I think it's a version of the first argument you don't like, right? That if you if you tell them what to do, so then they are not making a decision about balancing Lush and Hara and toilet, which is what we're trying to, which is what is important for them to do, right? And everyone has to make that decision. And it's not necessarily everyone has to make the same decision, right? But what we need to train people to do is to make hard moral decisions. And this is one of the, it's not as opposed to our voice. This is not simple at all. Right, this is really hard because sometimes it's worth it and sometimes it's not. Teachers don't have to know every wrong thing that everyone else does. Right? There are some things that are important enough for teachers to know and some things that are not important enough for teachers to know. And sometimes the teachers, if they really want to know, can find out anyway, so they don't need you to, they don't need you to tell them. Right? And sometimes they don't. So what has to happen in the classroom in order to avoid having people be make heal in the Easter of Lush and Hara is if you succeeded as a teacher, what you can do is teach them the laws of Lashon Hara, and then they will make their own decision. Mm -hmm. And if they make the if they don't make the right decision, then you educate them badly. Mm -hmm. Does so, every teacher have the opportunity to do that? Well, you have a situation like this. So what you could do to the class is say, "Look, class, we have an interesting situation here. Something went wrong, right? All of you have to face the question of the the question of whether to tell me who did wrong or not. But I don't think it's a good idea for me to tell you." What you should do? Let's go learn Hilkos Lashonara. Let's say you're not allowed to, but school administration. <laughs> well, school won't let you teach Hilkos Lashonara. Yeah, let's say you're the the Flemish teacher. You're not allowed to teach halacha because it's halacha teacher's job, and he gets really mad. So then, okay, tell the halacha teacher to teach it. Maybe he's not very receptive to that. There is always a way to. There's not a always a way to your teacher. Let me assure you. <laughs> It is always possible to swing it in. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that's the case, you have so many other cultural problems in the school. Right? You know, that... Okay, maybe you're a summer school. You have a very defined curriculum. And if you spend a day on that, then everybody's going to flunk. Okay. Yeah. You know, so we can say, you know, economic, right? You know, what if 
that the wrong thing was, right, planting a nuclear bomb in the basement. <laughs> you won't have time. You know, these are common what-ifs in education. You know, taking bomb cases, right? Taking bomb cases always these are very common. These are very common situations yeah. in education where you don't have, have, have enough time or you yeah. aren't allowed to teach a subject. I mean, you're right, but that's something that we talk about, um, that um, front-loading, things like that, front-loading the um, gateway skills for students to be able to learn and to think critically um, results in higher scores across the board. Uh, so Okay, but if you're at, like in the in the last like three weeks of class and you're supposed to be preparing for a standardized test, then like you can't spend- It's, a, it's a halakha class. class. Just say it's halakha class and you have, no, you're you a fully empowered teacher. Genuinely. A good teacher is go this is going to come up and mm -hmm. if you have spent your year or even your summer um mm -hmm. doing real teaching then you can refer to what you've already done build on that and move on mm -hmm. but you've got to front load it at the beginning and you've got to make a um an environment where people can ask the questions and you know have different answers that they come up with Okay, I'm gonna bracket. I think mm -hmm. you're probably right, but I think that otherwise we'll just say, okay, you're not the I'm right not teacher. Go home. This is just enough. Right. I, I mean, I'm just, so you think of Moshe thinks that any teacher who can't do this should be fired. But it works. Yeah, that's probably true. But he doesn't say that. No, at all. At all. Like even a I little think, bit. I think of Moshe in general against. I think of Moshe thinks you have failed Sorry. as a teacher if someone comes and says, "Come, comes to you of their own accord and says, I think this person does it, and I think you should get them over." I think of Moshe thinks you have failed as a teacher. What? Because of Moshe is very clear. No. Yes. You succeeded. No, because Moshe is clear. It's only Gadol Elam, which don't even exist today. Even if it were Gadol Elam, it's not even good enough. They have to come down to Gadol Yeah, so, okay. No, so, it doesn't say only Gadol Elam. It's even Gadol Elam. Unless you're Gadol Elam, you can't force someone. That doesn't mean mm, that you can't yourself. In this trivia, it is right, I think. Well, no, he says, he says, he, he says, even in the right. case of Gadol yeah. Elam, you can't tell him what to do it. And he doesn't seem super into the idea of like having students do it. In this trivia, it sounds like he doesn't want what the decision he wants the students to reach is not to tell you. Yes. Um, but in the next trivia, say already clearly says the reverse. Oh, so that's a that's a lot later. Uh, Isn't it? Isn't like fourteen years later? Yeah, it is. But so. it's, but he doesn't acknowledge there's any gap between them. Hmm. Uh, so that's a whole. Uh, that's that's a that's a, that's a really interesting question um, about it, right? That's even adults, right? Golem changes meaning, right? right? Even adults can't possibly do lishma. So you could read this trivia that Rav Ash has, you know, as an absolute omerta society, right, where nobody ever said, nobody ever tells anybody else. That's a very, it's just a radical reading, and he denies it in the next trivia. Well, how would you, how do you think that would answer the Shiloh if you have the Shoel as a student? And the Shoel says, I don't know, I'll take a real case in my life. I know all my classmates are about to have a big drunken party with alcohol. Um, do I tell the administration they can go give them all detention, or do I not? Well, what's your motive? Let's even pretend I think I have a fair motive. I think that uh, I'm worried it will damage their health because they're high schoolers and that the alcohol will make their brain not work as well. And I think they, I really want to prevent this from happening. And even one time explosion might be really negative. So, you know, it is true, but I can't imagine, like, why should this be different than any other case of Lashonara? It's much more well. I mean, there's, there's two things here as well. Because in the case you just brought, you can use Bikuach Nefesh. In the case of I'm just, you know, telling on because I want them to improve their midas, then that's a totally different situation unless you want to argue that it's false Bikuach Nefesh and like, Fine, so I won't make that call. <laughs> I'll say that going, you know, skip school all day and play in the park. I'll make it a weaker thing. I'll take out a problem. Right, so I think Ramosha might argue that, um, like, is it, you know, but it's putting a lot in, right? You might argue that there are 
things which are letoelet the the other person, and then um, there are things that are toelet of the school. And right, maybe we make a <laughs> distinction but, um, among those. But I agree, he doesn't he doesn't say it here. And I agree that the simple reading of the language of the Triva is that Moshe thinks that everybody should know about themselves that they can't do it with Shema. And therefore, the right thing is a teacher can't. But then it, there's no contrast in real life between the right between the teacher telling you or not. Because the answer, if you ask, what well, the teacher should really tell the students, if that were right, is I don't want any of you to tell me because I don't believe you'll do it with Shema. I don't think there's any hint of Moshe actually being well, that It's actually really interesting though that it's this that the whole thing is based. I mean, maybe it's just because it was a question. But um, it's based in the school setting and not a business setting. Because in the school setting, now you've got you know, implications of chinuch and you know, all of this. But what if instead it was, you, know, you see your coworker stealing, something like this? That would have been a more interesting question because that takes out all of these you know, other things and just puts it into the straight up. Right, but, but I, think that, I, think when, I think we can bracket whenever there's a third party injured. That we can say then you have to do it because you have to rescue the third party. So we're only right. So the, I think the, the question only arises, um, right, in cases where the damage is entirely spiritual. You're working for a big company, and your coworker is, you know, stealing the stapler. That's stealing. It is. But who are you? Who are you? Mm-hmm. So you're, you're not. not Papa Bishop of Prussia. But there is no direct yeah. individual yeah. who's being, you know, more than a brutal damage. You mm-hmm. can say stockholders, but you know, there is no individual. Yes, yeah. so I, I don't know. I, I, I would, t- I would tend to think that's not so hard. I, I think was I think, and I tend to think that we would care less about motive in a non in a non chinuch context. So we, the reason we care so much about motive here, I think, is because the whole goal of education right. is to perfect character, and so right, and so therefore, right, some case, I think that in in business settings, it might be that so your education is to, per- to perfect character to work on character. Torah education, yeah. No. And here I thought the time it was to become educated. <laughs> I mean, do we not work on, I suppose, both throughout our lives? The good, do, I, I, I think the role of we surgery. don't test for that. We don't assess the the you know success or failure of our educational you know, program based on the character of our students. Perhaps we should. Yes, we do. <laughs> I, mean, I always, I always, I always, I always told my students that the, you know, that I evaluated myself as a teacher by the condition of their souls ten years after they left my classroom. But I think that ironically, like the worst worst way to assess characters to be like, oh, like we're only going to, you know, enforce you informing on the group in order to like, you know, teach you how to do that as opposed to actual utilitarian like impacts of that. Um, Sorry, say it again. I'm not getting I'm not getting what you want to add. I think like ironically, if you're going to frame education around character development, um, and you're gonna say things like, "Oh, we're gonna, I'm gonna teach you how to be an informer of bad behavior, so that it builds your character." Like that ignores the utilitarian impacts of the action, which are, you know, like arguably more morally important than, you know, you think, like. You think right that students should be that I'm just being a bad role model if I'm willing to allow to allow spiritual damage mm-hmm. to exist in order to have my in order to have to raise my students' characters. I think that's true because like. The thing with like Rav Moshe's Shuva that I don't understand is that basically saying like, okay, like I'm going to educate you to all learn how to talk about, you know, a misbehaving classmate in order to solve the problem. But that's kind of like, you know, that's kind of ironic because if there's an actual problem, 
Western heart doesn't exist in nature culture. So like he's basically saying, oh, like I'm going to put you in a situation where you could speak Western Hara, but actually it's not going to be Western Hara. Like, and like, you know, instead of doing that, like, you know, to teach every person how to inform on their own, like it's better to teach them morally and holistically how to solve the problem, not by each one of them, like tattletailing, by, but by the whole group, like avoiding Western Hara by it being like, you know, more than three people and like also... Well, you know, yeah. the, whole, the whole book, which is just about the exceptions to that rule. three people, right? That's how it starts. Yeah, so why is he like, oh, I'm going to teach all of you to tattletale individually when, like, that's not a good way to solve a problem. Well, maybe you should do it publicly. But I don't agree with you. I you know, that that's what he's in front of three people. I don't think he's trying. I think he's saying that, like, if the students, like, again, like, individually make these decisions, then, like, they can go and report. But I don't think he's saying that, like, the teacher should be teaching them all to individually. No, it shouldn't be teaching all the individual. The teacher should be telling them the rules and then the students should make their decisions. And if the students make the right decisions, however you evaluate the right decisions, right? It could be subjectively the students make the right decisions for them. It could be objectively the students make the right decisions. Then you succeeded as an educator. And if you have to tell them what to do, then you failed. So you're saying like he's, giving them this like one time like a blanket instruction on how to like in the future inform not one time this is what you're doing all along right we're trying to teach students to do is to make proper decisions and now along that way right yes you know, along that way there's some kind of areas where the way to teach is to give them very clear points on the graph that they can then right that they can then extend and some and some kind of decisions all you can do is uh, right, you know, you might model, you could talk about, you know, I had this question once when I was a kid in high school, right? And my kids were having a drunk, and my, my class were having a drunken party, and I thought about it, and right, and here's what I decided. And in retrospect, I realized I was completely wrong. And so, right, and so you right over, right over, right, 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 and you know, and here are the things, here are the things, here are the things that teachers are entitled to bring their own experience in and their own ambivalences in. Um, but at the end of the day, all right, so what I want to argue at the end of the day is that Rav Moshe argues that there are certain forms of moral education which can only be done, um, right, by granting autonomy. And that the nature, right, and that the whole purpose of the classroom is undone by depriving students of autonomy. Um, and that, right, and that the way he frames that is there are certain actions whose moral valence depends on your character. And so if students end up doing it because it's the rule. So I want to argue it's character. If the students end up doing it because it's the rule, then they won't be the kind of people who can right, who can do it. Does he but, ever say all this stuff about like, you know, the purpose of education or whatever? Like no, is that in the, any of Very implicitly. It's not him. <laughs> <laughs> Very implicitly. I mean, uh, we didn't read the beginning of the show, so maybe on, he lays out his entire theory of pedagogy like very clearly, <laughs> but um, it's written in white letters on black letters. But at the same time, like when I was reading this the first time, I uh -huh. also had that intuitive like reading sort of at least part of it, because like I, I also realized that like it wasn't like when I first thought about what's the right thing to do to inform or not to inform, I would have thought Amina, would have thought that the right thing to do is to inform. Um, because like, that's what I always thought, like in school, I didn't necessarily always do that, but I would think that that's the right thing. And then here he's saying like, that is a radical point that like the, the right thing to do is actually not to inform. And like the reason, or like the right thing to do is not to have the teacher at least force the student to inform. 
and like then the student can decide for themselves and oftentimes the situation will be that the right thing to do is so not let's write, it's like a whole complicated thing right you all know that what the, the like, obvious analogy in halacha is or not really halacha I'll, I'll, I'll give it away that way what's what's the obvious analogy to what much is saying here there's something that you can do but you can't do it if someone tells you to do it but you can't right you can't ask a shaila about it um, what's that what are we talking about you can i invoke him can i Right, can I invoke exactly right? Can I invoke in both? You can only do it if you're a Kanoi. If you ask a Shaila, we can't give you the answer. Because right, because it's not the right thing to do. It's only the right thing to do if you're a certain kind of person. But is it BDF? Or is it just like let's feel it for that kind of person? It's like feel it for that person. But you're damaging somebody else. And it, right, it's not the it's not the formal punishment for that person. Right, you just have to be seized with a right with an, an environment uh, with, with right with a, with a with a passion for Torah. I think Rabbi said something like that, right? That uh, right, he's or ma'atzmam. Right, I think the language for Kishim is or ma'atzmam. I think you'll see the language is very parallel the language people use about Pinchas. So if you accept the notion that I'm blaming Rosh, you know, on Rosh Hashanah, that really all these value choices are on a continuum, right? So that's what we have here, right? That that Kanaim Pogimbo isn't something that is completely outside the framework of Halakha. It's right, is an extreme example of a, of a case in which the harm you do, right, the harm you do will, right, will, will, um, will always outweigh the good you do unless you're, right, unless you're doing it for the right motives. Hmm. Yeah, and like there's definitely a strong theme of like the students rule here, not rule, but the students are empowered here, which is like not necessarily like something I've seen a lot in like so many like of these types of sources not that i read so many of them but it is counterintuitive it was counterintuitive for me to read that like how empowered the it's a counterintuitive to everybody who's in dialogue with Russia, right all the other children right yeah and then also like uh and it's really strongly connected to what you said at the beginning of the class which is how this was written during the height of the 60s so really maybe he is not that he's influenced by the views of the people of the time but maybe he kind of like he's trying to validate this view that like students and youth actually do have an important like it is important for them to be autonomous and to have their own point of view and to learn to express that without a teacher forcing them to do things i think you know i think you could say rabosha yeah. grows up in soviet russia <laughs> right because, uh, right right he knows that. what a totalitarian society is like he doesn't want he doesn't want to be the head of a totalitarian society I was, uh, was going to make a very different health analogy. I was yeah. going to compare it to uh, the classic, whether or not it's actually what Yibum is, but the classic Yibum versus Halitza question, that it will damage your soul if you don't do it perfectly Lishma. And it has a certain amount of, you know, incentive. It's, it's hard to do it not Lishma. So that's why we don't tell anyone to do it. That's why I tell everyone to do Halitza. It's hard to do it Lishma. But it's hard to do it Lishma. Right. It will damage your soul very badly if you do it wrong. Right. right. So Yibum, right, even in that position is the classic model for a very Lishma. Well, no, you don't do even you do chalitza. Right, because a very lishma is dangerous and you're not going to get it right. <laughs> sure. Right? And that's why, right? That yields the result that here, although we have, we'll have to go to the second shiver of Moshe, it yields the result that here. That's not second, right? but you said just left there. I don't think second is secret. Okay, we'll go, we'll go look at it. Okay. I, I have given away, you know, what I have to, uh, what I have to say about this, right? And you'll, you know, hopefully over time, right, you know, which often happens in sure you'll forget your evaluation and just remember what I said, so it'll all be good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. You know, I think one year we should do, you know, Zoran, just so we can see how Zoran is really all about autonomy. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
The farmers get to decide what they want to plant, how they want to plant. decide how big your, you know, paya is. Maybe Kaylee. I haven't frankly worked. Stone Kaylee, Stone Kaylee, we all these things. See, you get to choose whether they want to be plants or not. And just read, read more manly angle, and you'll, you'll all be fine. I saw the mitochondria of the Arundel dancing around, making their choices. Um, hmm. It's not my fault. I keep saying it. <laughs> all right. Thank you for the opportunity to say that. Uh, it's, say that. Pardon? <laughs> you were going to say it anyway. <laughs> you came. <laughs> Okay. Um, I do really think Roger says it. I do. <laughs> I do really think he says it. Okay. You know, the, is Ramosha quite go all the way and everything? No, like Ramosha doesn't, you know, when people, Ramosha answers Shiloh, right? I guess that's the biggest question. Ramosha answers Shiloh about everything else. Uh, right. So he obviously is not, you know, a radical, it's not, it's not a vegetarian or whatever you would call it. Um, because, uh, because the answer, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't tell, answer every Shiloh by saying, you, you know, do what you want. But I think in this particular area, in this particular area, I think he says something very, uh, I think the bottom line is you have to acknowledge that he says there are things that, that you can't tell people to do, but the right thing to do. Do you know what year Flash moved to the United States, by the way? He moves uh, before World War II. Okay. He moves in the he moves in the late thirties. Do, do we know anything about this guy's like what the shell's actual job was? Like, is he a teacher or is he like a principal? He's a principal. It says it doesn't say he's principal. Oh, the one the one I'm talking about, is a principal. The one he just says he's 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 oh, say, kind of, that's not helpful. I think if you look, I think if you look him up, you'll discover that he was he was not just a teacher, not um, just a teacher. Right? Discover that he had a, he had administrative authority. Maybe he was more than sorry. He wasn't able to achieve the high one genre, the trick of being a teacher, but he was an administrator. Justin Malam had delivered up these calls. Okay, so now we go to Revozner, right? right. Um, and Revozner says, you know, you said that, you know, it happens not infrequently that the students who are girls do things that really shouldn't be done. And sometimes they start off with just like a minor little sin. But at the end of the day, we all know where this leads to. It makes sense, of course. <laughs> uh, so if you know that your, but if if you know if you know that your friend is uh, doing whatever thing, whatever the thing wrong is, putting your shoes on in the wrong order in the morning, mm -hmm. um, right, whatever, right, whatever, whatever it may be, um, and right, so right, should you, uh, or right, is it mutter or even chayevet, right? Chaver chaver is very much upstairs on the um, right, so the first question is from the perspective of the student, does the student have permission or, ob or obligation, page four, right, student permission or obligation to, um, to inform, and the second is, does the teacher have permission to, uh, right, to convince, um, right, to, and, right, and, or to, you know, to, uh, torture. Uh, right. In order to reveal, in order to reveal the, uh, in order to reveal the um, the, the sinner, bichtei lechan chol kiraui. In order to properly educate them, ozen nichnas begeder hal shana. Okay, so or or does it become, at that stage, informing? Right, do you become one of the malshinim, right, who should not have any hope? Okay. Um, so he says, right? So you, right, he says it looks like it's an open Gemara where God says the the chidilatorani. 
אף על פי שחטא חטא ישראל והיה על ידי זה עונש על כולם אם לא בירוס עובר עבירה So it sounds like God is saying that he is the model for the people, and I'm not going to tell you, and therefore, it sounds like, right, this is an ongoing question, right, Yeshua has to go to the lottery because God won't tell him, but not only because God won't tell him, but because no one else can tell him either. Now that could be because no one else knows, or it could be because everyone else knows, but they won't tell. Well, you don't know, no one else knows. Mm-hmm. Well, in the end of the sugya, right, yeah, the whole point is that, right, is that his family knows. Yeah, according to one of them. Right. So now the question is, right, when God doesn't tell, right, does, is God supposed to be the model? And what we're doing is justifying everyone else, right? Because you might think, why should we have a lottery to expose Achan? We should go on punishing all the Jews because they're, right, the lottery gets them off the hook. They're really all responsible because they're covering up. So, right, so you might argue the shot of the story is that, nope, right, everyone else acts correctly. Unless you have the financial gain. Okay. Everyone else could have told. Everyone else doesn't. Right. Now just here. And as he says, it seems to me, it's open shots. And then he quotes the story of a mayor that you also later, where a woman comes and accuses one of a mayor's students of having slept with her and impregnated her, and he has them all give her a get. Right? Which is, you know, which is, you know, every, you know, which is, seems like it valorizes everyone wearing the yellow star in Denmark. Right, right, as opposed to exposing the, as exposing the avarian, right? We're just, right, that's you, right, we don't, we won't, we will make sure that you cannot hold the person liable for mm-hmm. their action. Doesn't he also offer a lot of people to her? That too, mm-hmm. right? So she suffers a lot, yeah. right? Because she made the accusation, right? That this is, mm-hmm. this is not a good example in the contemporary world of how you treat a, mm-hmm. right, how you treat somebody who claims to be a victim. I don't uh, know if she's going to be a victim. Is, is it clear that she's a victim here? Somebody sleeps with you, and I think she. Right, it's there's. They all pay her she to do much. So maybe to make her very wealthy. So maybe to make her very wealthy. Already, but no, because they all they, they can all claim suffix when she tries ah, to take the court. Right, yeah. There's a whole collection of gittins. She just needs to like you know bury them and really and so, <laughs> pass <laughs> them on <laughs> pass them on in pristine conditions so they can be dug up in a thousand years and then it'll be worth more than my 1978 top series, which I'm you know, still planning mm-hmm. to have pay for your grandchildren's education. It hasn't quite appreciated the extent I was hoping it has rapidly, but eventually so everyone else's parents will throw out their cards. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Personally, there's not that many students in Rumer, you know, like now she's just sort of like 10 people. And, and, but and at least relatives. she... Yeah, but it's not that many people. And she couldn't get married to anybody otherwise. Okay, so, fine. Okay. Um, okay. Um, the little dumber, right, well, MS the little but this, Raya, is not true, not because of, um, I think, Ramosha's Argument. There's that word again. The mitzvah lamo the peres pizet. Right, stand in the breach. The chayesiv and the grom. Where does lamo the peres come from? Okay, and what does it mean? Stand in the breach. Stand in the breach. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm, also in Tehillim. Uh, so it's, it's one of my favorite lines in Tehillim. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, very identified. Um, it's a very it's a very dramatic. Yes, right, right. Yeah, there's a nevuah that um, Hashem looked for a person who would stand in the breach so he wouldn't destroy the world, and he didn't find one. And also, the phrase also comes up in Tehillim when um, Moshe, after Ched Egel, stood in the breach to die right. with Hashem. And, um, so Hashem wouldn't destroy the people. <laughs> so Hashem wouldn't destroy the people, but he kills lots of people in order to... Oh, well, yeah, to... but it's better for... All right. the, and he says, Mila Hashem Eli, and a tribe of Kanaim comes to his, uh, right, comes to his side. 
right? Because that's Bimil Hashem, right? So I, I, I think the language is, I think the language has echoes, except that there's an assumption that people can and should do this, as opposed to Rav Moshe, who says that nobody can, and should, right? That really nobody can and should do this. But the, I think there's, this, there's, there's an echo in the language. Okay. So, right, and, but in the further, this is Pashu. He has to be Omid the Perez, the Ligram, Shalotere, Nefesh, Mistral, the Ver Shachas, Alienation, the Galindetia, Sola Rab, the Udmoe. Right, you can save someone in time. The Chayosibim, Yedua, Shimlomigalim, Ushar, Talmidim, Mechapimalav, Goreim, the Tiaral, Lural, Kulam, and if and cover ups corrupt. Everybody who covers up, right, will learn, right, will become complicit in that sin, and that will have, right, Ramosh is wrong, right? It's the covering up the sin that will make you make it about the sin you're covering up for. Mishani of the Dachan, and so Akha is different because there, right, after the girl, there's another way of finding out. So you're not actually being a Kanai because you're not necessary, right? So to do this kind of stuff, right, when it's not necessary, that is obviously a bad Mida, but when it's necessary, you're a hero. So he's saying almost explicitly, I was saying that the culture of secrets being bad for children. And this is after that shit in 1994 already. So I think you already do a shit. But I don't think the culture of secrets is bad because other people will do it more. Mm-hmm. The culture of secrets is bad because, right, because you learn, right, because, it, because you learn to take it, I guess, because abusers grow up to be abusers. Mm-hmm. Right? If you cover up the sin, then you won't, right, you can't really believe it's that bad. Um, Are we talking about more serious things here than in the Ramosha Shuva, or is his attitude just well, that's always, that's different? That's always across all the Shuva at the beginning. No yeah. one mentions what we're talking about. It seems no, like it no, Ramosha never suggests that all the students are going to go to hell because, like, you know, they right. they uh, they wrote something on the blackboard or something. We don't know what they did. They're gonna. It's gonna get worse, right? They, they, right? It sounds like they're, we're talking about gateway sins, mm-hmm. right? Right? They, right? They're ready. They're gonna do this. And then right, and eventually they're going to lead to mixed dancing. It's That's interesting that Ramosha doesn't bring up to be Do you think that has to be intentional? That Ramosha doesn't bring it in there? Yeah. It is interesting that Ramosha doesn't bring it in there. I wonder if it has to do with the fact that he, like the Bonapo was saying, wouldn't call a sin like that, the kind of thing you do with the student, doesn't want his argument to be that strong. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He has to know. Uh, I don't think we can say Ramosha doesn't know. I don't think we can say Ramosha doesn't know either. It's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and Achan is different. Um, right, that if it had not been part of the, the, the girl, right, then God obviously would have done it. So we should learn from what God would have done as opposed to what God actually did. Right, because God said, right, you have a girl, right? If you hadn't had a girl, God would have, obviously would have told, told so me too, in Matashio Day, we should also tell when it, right, when it's necessary. Uh, and I saw the Igris Moshe. Um, and he thinks Ramosha also, Ramosha finds it also thinks that, but that is not what Ramosha says, sorry. No. <laughs> right, that's, that's a wild reading of the trip that Ramosha really. Ramosha says, I know that you can't prove to me. I can't prove it to you. You're not allowed to write to say that Ramosha tends to think. Okay, come on. Ella, the Mashukasvig was Moshe Shem. The Cholze Megala the Atzma, the Lokshish Rabba Mechanic goes around Talmidians, right? As opposed to that being the essential point of Moshe, this just becomes Moshe is really you're supposed to tell. But there's this tangential issue that maybe you won't have pure intent. There's no communication happening here. The Zayigram, when I see Lokane, but I think Ramosha's calculus is wrong. Because the educational obligation is to investigate and know everything that goes wrong. When Achan proves nothing, as Rav Moshe himself said, it's true. Rav Moshe agrees that Achan proves nothing. It doesn't mean he doesn't think that Achan is the right model. Right? God's saying it's the right model. 
Shuvain's and Nifnas began a Lashon Hara. So, right, so that, right, since you need to know it, it's not Lashon Hara. Ella, she says, the Tzarech HaMechanek Lashos Kol Tatzdaki Shlulibro and Busha Barab. You have to try to make every effort to make sure that the, that the, um, that the information is is given to you privately and not publicly. And but the person who tells you should tell this to you privately. You have to intimidate. There's no other word. You have to intimidate the person so that they won't tell you more than they know absolutely to be true. Um, and then there's no risk at all. Okay. Um, so why, why doesn't nobody is up to this point has even considered that the students are lying? And even he doesn't consider that. But, but why doesn't anybody consider that? So A, you have to so you, know, you have to assume that teachers are good at knowing whether the students are lying or not. Um, so I, I learned at a very young age, so one of the shocks in my life when I had a, thought I had a really good relationship with a kid and there was an accusation and yeah, the kid I thought I had a really good relationship that I worked on spent an hour and a half with me denying it and you know and I said okay and then 15 minutes later that confessed to another teacher that just shook my shook my any, any faith I had that I'm good at telling uh, happens to be you know a kid you know I have a relationship with still now uh, I was in coal somewhere being very successful right being very successful could be this is one of the you know the formative experiences of their life i don't know uh, but it shook my faith forever in uh in the notion that i could you know, that, I, that i could tell uh well whether somebody was lying or not um other people and i have colleagues right you know who are absolutely confident that they uh, right that they never get it wrong like they can you know someone walks in and they can tell immediately that i think current modern science is uh, at least all studies i've seen show that training in whether you can tell someone's lying increases confidence without increasing results yeah. and that mostly people can't actually tell the people lying. the problem with all sorts of things like this is you can't right you can't tell the difference between a random distribution of people who are good and a random distribution of people who are bad and nobody is good or bad it's all sure. random right you can never I tell think your assumption if we don't have further evidence people can't tell even if they think they can that Okay, I'm not gonna write this. I, I, that is my bias also. That there are students who do these terrible things, and they're all gonna go to hell because they're all going to, you know, go down this dark, dark path. But also, they would never lie to us. That's just impossible. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bizarre set of assumptions. I don't think he's saying they wouldn't lie. I think he's saying that he doesn't even consider that they would lie. His only consideration is that maybe they'll still like you know repeat rumors as opposed to telling him the, the things they know for sure. I think it's like the notion that you know that intimidation. Is a good mode of yeah, well, I don't think it's completely wrong about that. I think in terms of what you're worried about is they won't think of Lashon Hara. You turn it into a Lashon Hara lesson where you're being very careful only to say what's true. That's not an awful educational method in to making sure that they don't it doesn't cause them to not think about Lashon Hara. Yeah, you need to do this, but you're going to go to Gehenim if you tell me one word you're not absolutely sure of. Yeah, I don't think I think that would decrease the probability that someone's that they're going to start thinking Lashon Hara. I'm not sure I agree with it. I don't think he's right in lots of ways, but I do think that it might be effective addressing the Russia stage that they'll be making Russian high. Also, do you think it's good for character to say, I want you to come tell me, but no one will, but right, so I want you to tell me privately so that way, presumably that way no one will ever know that you told. Um, right, that, 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 you, you don't want to do that? Well, well, then there are no consequences. They right, then right, then they right that you're right. You're 
Well, you're could... not telling them to speak Lashonhar or to inform, if you will, because they're afraid of, I mean, I suppose some of us are, because <laughs> they were afraid of the consequences. What we're trying to do is we're trying to teach them to do the right thing. And in order to minimize the uh, shaming of mm -hmm. the perpetrator, doing the right thing in private is the best way to do the right thing. There's yeah. also the aspect of like the kid social ramifications of the choice to inform. Exactly. Um, do you think you, you could imagine a school which would say, I want you to come tell me privately, then I will tell everybody who told me. But I won't oh, tell you what he, I won't tell you what they told me, right? That would that would I work, don't, right? I think that would be productive, right? Oh, yeah. like, I, I don't I don't think you would accomplish much good by doing that. Well, how do you I think, stop like a group of bullies from like repeatedly doing vandalism and then blaming the kid they don't like? Mm, yeah. by like informing class it's important to know that telling me what said is really val is really is, is really the right thing to do and therefore i want you to know that lexi is the hero of this class because she told me but i won't <laughs> tell you who did it but i will tell you that lexi is it what and should she survive <laughs> i i well, there, what you're just, what's going to happen is massive Lushanara among the other classmates about yeah. by trying to figure out who told. Yeah. Right? That's, right? That's the first thing that will immediately, that will immediately happen, right? Is, is everyone, everyone in the school will try to figure out, I heard it was so-and-so, it was so-and-so, yeah. right? Then somebody will beat up some kid thinking they told them, and now we're going to need to find out who beat up, who beat up the kid. Somebody better tell me <laughs> privately. Well, <laughs> I think... Maybe no. basic culture. Well, you're also assuming that we we're resolving this in some really public way. Like, wouldn't I think ideally we're trying to resolve it also in a more discreet way? Because, like, yeah, obviously there are exceptions, but we generally like don't believe in like public humiliation. And so, like, my assumption is that if possible, they're going to try and resolve it in a way that isn't super duper public. Which, so it's not going to be like, oh, there's a super public announcement. We just don't know. But no one will ever know that they found out. And we'll just wait, you know, because just one day they'll stop. Maybe she can say something like some kind of vague message about like handling the issue appropriately. Which is handled appropriately. Because you have to die and sometimes punish a whole group of people so that no one ever knows who the perpetrator was, including the perpetrator, but not exclusively. As a god does it depends on how bad the thing is and how much you need to teach people to be accountable. I don't think it's evil to make a group of five kids sit in for lunch one day, even for the innocent. Borges, you know, in the Lottery of Babylon, right, says that right, the people automatically inevitably, inevitably construct a culture like this because it's really boring right, to live in a world where punishment is actually reliable. How do you stop? Like the inevitable thing that always happens in the former cultures is that people turn people in because they want them turned in, right? Yeah. Like, like they never even consider so, that. So this is all happening two steps down the line. The answer is to create, as Rabbi Fabio was saying, a culture where people um, inform for the right reasons because they understand and they understand it's in their best interests to produce the society that they want to live in. Well, that's very naive because there are bullies. Hi, I work at a mental health hospital. That's yeah. where I teach high school literature. I understand about bullies. Oh. Right. But, so like, um, like how do you trust the people? You even if you think you've taught them right how do you fundamentally know that they internalized it okay so your your question is complicated and i don't want to take too much time it might be worth taking it offline but the short answer is a no like you were saying earlier you, you can't tell you don't know if somebody's telling the truth or not b 
you do know who did it. It's this person, or depending on how, assuming it's bad enough to actually be caring. It's not that person. It could be this person, this person, or this person, but it is definitely not that person, right? I mean, can we agree on that much? Um, and then if somebody does choose to tell you, the way that you handle it is not prior to them telling you, saying, somebody's got to tell me because that's the thing to do, because then everyone's looking for the blame object. Rather, you know, you know, people, this is not this is not the you know social construct that we want to live in. Um, this is a safe space, etc. And um, and by consistently modeling and treating all students with respect, you can actually you can. I am telling you right now, you can build a safe space in your classroom. Um, but you have to respect the students and you have to give them autonomy. Um, that being said, yeah, bad things are still going to happen. Um, but they're not going to go and beat up the kid who told if there was no issue of blame initially, because then they're not thinking who to blame. And also if when you hear who, who did it, you handle it in a way that's respectful of that person and is clearly you're on their side. Do you want to you're still them? assuming that whoever tells okay. you is telling the truth. And if you read on her Pavel, it has you have to say that on her Pavel was written by people who were there, because otherwise it's disgusting. So, so when the, you're the victim, there's a certain amount of there's a certain amount of reasonable anger that you can understand, and to be informing is not quite the same because you know it's a normal, natural thing that if someone you know steals your stuff, looking at them. But the idea that you should go around and finding who steals your stuff and reporting them to people in positions of authority is a fundamental your stuff. Thing. And the idea that you should go around and find out. But that's what I was just saying. The idea you should go around and see who's stealing other people's stuff and report them to people in positions of authority is I don't know. Go around finding out, yes, but if you know who it is, right? If somebody, if, right, if, if somebody, if a group of people come and meet up somebody in front of your window, you're a hero for, right, for saying it, and everyone else is intimidated. So uh, it would be an interesting question about how Moshe would answer to ask, can I tell the victim who stole your laptop? I might be different than telling the teacher who stole the guy's laptop. The victim can't do anything, only the teacher can. Do you think it's different if it's, you know, beating, beating up instead of stealing? Then um, is it still repulsive? I think so. I think all, it's, it's a cost benefit thing. I think there's always a loss. Often, like even in the case of Tohutha, the benefit will outweigh the loss. And being some love is probably true. Probably being people up is bad enough that the damage to your soul done by informing them is counteracted by whatever benefit you get from telling. But it doesn't mean it doesn't damage your soul. It just means it's counteracted. I think oh. and I'm thinking though about the sense where like yeah, often, I mean maybe I'm being naive in certain ways, but oftentimes when people are acting out in such a way there's some deeper issue and so is it a bad thing to inform if there is it's not just helping someone in their character in terms of like they beat people up and you're stopping beating people up it's helping them deal with a deeper issue is that part of the it's a big part of whether you really trust the person you're telling yeah right that's a big part of it right mm -hmm. you really trust the person you're telling to right to be at right to be engaged in you know in re, right that their sole goal is rehabilitation and not punishment mm -hmm. right the economy but that requires it that's right that's what it means right to create a culture in a school you have to trust that they're actually going to do something also yeah right all sorts of right it takes enormous mm -hmm. trust mm -hmm. to implement that and if you have that kind of trust already you probably don't need to tell them to tell you 
definitely a really interesting reader to Midrash because he's saying God doesn't trust Yahushua, he's keeping well. He just lost the battle because of him and all these people killed. And God is saying he doesn't have that kind of trust in Yahushua and he thinks he's going to be too harsh on him or something. That would be I mean, they, they then go and stone himself. Exactly, God was right. God is always right. <laughs> the fact that he goes to the desert just proof that he was right. That he, he yeah, we felt like, like you know, the, the story of Lachan is so horrifying at the end. Right. So hard to deal with. Well, maybe that's the point of this story, mm-hmm. Josh, is that God didn't trust Yoshua to figure out the Charlie Jackson had it right. Mm-hmm. It's so hard for me to read this, to read, to read, like, after, after that story, it's so hard to read Yoshua. Just so hard to read Yoshua. Mm-hmm. Um, so hard not to. Okay, let's read the last, let's read the last motion together and see if. Mm-hmm. I read it. Okay. Inyan, so this one is, this one is, um, has a different title, right? This one is Inyan Ha'anashasa Tzalmidim Be'yum right? Punishment and Intimidation. Mm-hmm. Um, right, so Be'yur Ha'anashu Katafti, so now we're, we were, we said 14 years later? Mm-hmm. So we're in the 70s now. Um, um, it should be like 80 or 81, right? Yeah. Uh, 81, okay. Mm-hmm. 12 Not 12 part 40. of our extensive memories of the Ford administration. Just add 12 Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, so this is during when you were in school, so presumably you have opinions about it. Uh, this is, I guess, when I am in eighth grade. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, that you and uh, the Ime, right? So, like, presumably somebody did the thing I do, right? Which is to try to uh, teach this to teachers. And they reacted uh, with puzzlement. Um, I should say that I believe at this moment that Rachel is teaching, uh, right, is, is teaching this sorcery in, in camp or somewhere in some of these. And I have tried to make this like the basis of a. Uh, which is really necessary. Like we almost never do real Torah about teaching with teachers, um, right? And so this, like this, to me is this debate is mm-hmm. such a marvelous thing to do in a classroom, right? In a classroom with teachers. Um, and of course, you you know you can't be directed; they have to reach the right answers on their own. Um, but you should at least expose them to the uh, to the controversy. Um, I did this as a. Uh, I did this as a model unit uh, when, when I was running and help us run again a, a, a teacher mentoring uh, fellowship through through CMTL. So I helped a teacher build a curriculum around this around this chiver of Moshe and the responses to it and run it through with cool. students as a senior as a senior elective. And I think it's like one of the like to make the learning about the classroom unit right and the, whole, and the whole the whole goal of it was to have the students end up developing their own code as classroom behavior about things like that, that they could that they could be held accountable to under what circumstances they, they should report and under what circumstances not. And a teacher would agree to be bound by that as well. And so that way students have shockingly the experience of becoming producers as opposed to consumers of Kalafa. They develop their own decisions and all these things are iterative. Yeah, like in, in a school that's like a Jewish school that's teaching Torah and right. morality and like how to be a good person, yeah. that like sort of makes sense. Right. But I think like people who aren't, who don't view education that way and see it mm-hmm. as like, uh, let's, educate you in terms of like subject topics or let's teach you what to do then, right these are yeah then like these are you can listen they may not first because like you know the teacher ultimately has power over you no the teacher can be real would you really be okay you can trust the teacher would you really be okay with coming with if they came to the decision that no mysterious is worse, worse than murder which is a common opinion in a lot of uh, parts of the world so you have to so you have to be able to i hope that you can all still hear me because at some point my well, like so we have the hard end to share, right? That at some point, at some point my uh, my computer will die. I gotta I gotta del- I gotta lower the, the thing. I don't think it. Right? So I'm only gonna see you faint, faintly. Um, mm-hmm. 
there are examples of teachers who live with the consequences in the classroom, um, you know, in different ways. Ronnie Heifetz at Harvard, who uh, has taught me leadership in a certain sense, but gets assassinated by his class regularly early in the semester, and then he's not allowed to talk the rest of the semester because ah. um, the students are entitled to vote to assassinate him, and they generally do for good reason. <laughs> it's really it's a so wild class. <laughs> if you create an environment, and then the students are responsible for that environment. And but he can, can't talk at all. They can choose to learn or not. But how do they learn without him talking? Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. You have to help. It's a very, it's wild class. <laughs> the, the, the rate of permanent psychological damage in that class by where the study afterwards is 5% or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> is that very high or low? <laughs> 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 every class we've been cause permanent psychological damage to five to one in every 20 students. Huh? Maybe you think that's low. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> I, I don't know what classes you I think his point was directly from the class, not that you are. It's a wild class. It's a wild class. It's a wild class. He's an amazing. He's an amazing, he's an amazing teacher, an amazing person, and yet it's a very everyone comes out with great yeah, ambivalence. Your favorite class ever, I think. Almost fifty percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, we're gonna turn off. The, we're gonna turn off. I don't like. I don't like teaching that way. Uh, at least I think I don't. Like, you know, could be that it's not. Uh, could be I'm wrong. But how I teach. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I was actually just thinking that you do a really good job of creating a safe space yeah. where people who are coming from really different backgrounds mm -hmm. um, and really different backgrounds feel very safe sharing and arguing and Thank hearing you. other people. Also. Thank you. I hope it's right. I hope it's right. Uh, I guess like the other, I'm going to go off the record again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> some people have found the right job some people haven't yet okay you know, um, I'm just saying no. okay so hook should look for email by the way you just you just questions don't count against yeah. my time so we only have to finish by right, the, the time the yeah. amount of time after three o'clock that right that we, we would have if you hadn't said anything that's probably about right <laughs> 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 okay. Um, uh, okay. So he says the right the hookshul kavod rasa dimei the hu mishum sherav silver sheyashkiel atamish liyasa odaver magnai vegami tachin shemetalmed yadasha ravi dev masavi manala. So the reason the teacher is doing this is because the teacher believes they'll influence the student not to do further bad things, and it's also possible that the student will find out the teacher knows what he's doing and the student will stop because once the teacher knows he's not going to do it as he quotes it so the time says you can tell people you can tell the people who can influence the other person so they can influence them right that's not Lashonara if you tell right so teachers are just one model right if i know right if you're doing something wrong and i know that you won't listen to me if i tell it if i tell it to you but you always listen to your sister right so i'll go tell your sister and your sister can give you tukhaha, um properly just like random example um no, that's true so there's no power <laughs> but your sister has more the sister doesn't have moral power over you but that doesn't define what she I don't know. Where right? the Rosh says, you right, you people who were puzzled by my claim, you said, I don't understand. Why shouldn't you be able to tell the teacher? It should be just like telling whoever it is, right? So I'm saying one different is difference is that the teacher has power over the person who's telling also. Whereas if I right, the sister, whereas it's your sister or your mother doesn't, right? If I tell your sister, I'm doing yeah. it, I'm telling somebody who has no power over me. Whereas if I tell the teacher, right, I'm currying with paper with somebody who has power over me. 
That might be the sixth. Yeah. Pardon, what's your name? I think all sisters at least are, think they have more power. Some sisters do have real moral power over people, and, you know, or psychological power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm upset about it with my three older sisters. Okay. <laughs> Like Rav Yochan the Menuri, um, who says this, Rav Huna Rachiel Barav, all these who shayach dafka kishemis orer me atzmo l'saper larav kadesh yochicho. So I wrote that this heter only applies when it when it's a, when it, when you're self-inspired, but not when the teacher imposes it on the students. Umitzad chashash im lo yigale lo yedule on show efshir shlo yechush mi lavor al al davar gnayis. You're going to tell me, but if 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 we imply if we do what you say, Rav Moshe, and say that we're not going to tell anybody they have to tell us, or even that they should tell us, we're going to wait till they're inspired on their own. Or isn't that going to lead to a culture in which the wrong spreads, because it's unpunished, and don't we need right? Don't we need deterrence, um, or at least effective rehabilitation, right? Which requires knowing of the, right, knowing, knowing knowing who the criminals are. No, the social consequences are worse. You're going to spread, create a culture of Lashon Hara. Especially, I would note, if the whole part, if, you know, if the way in which you're doing it is getting people to come tell you privately, uh, right? Because then, right, you know, then that, that, that will certainly spread. We're going to tell me, but what about, what about the deterrent effect? Uh, even the person who did it will get away. You can explain. You can explain how bad it was. And he says that even if you're going to tell me it's not going to work, you're going to explain to them over and over again how bad Nivelpet is. Even Nivelpet Bichsal. Um, right? You're going to explain it over and over again. It's not going to help. They're still going to go on doing it. So what? Says Rosh Hashanah. So that's a fascinating claim. We could say, no, it really depends which Yisr. The answer is no. It well, not Yisr Well, it would tell me. what you think about the act itself. Like we were saying when we were learning this, that I could easily imagine someone being dolcha that argument by saying, okay, if you're saying the concern is that like Right, we're we're worried that they'll come to not take lashon hara seriously. That's different than the act itself is an iser. Like like the concern of this act leading to an iser is not the same as like an iser being dovet. No, but I think what Moshe is saying is. But both of these are things we're worried it will lead. Right, to I think that's correct. Well, no, but I think the it's like that's already an actual iser. That's actually a bad thing. That's. Yeah, but, 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 but the concern here isn't well he seemed to like also i mean at least in some of these scenarios seems to be talking about something they're worried the situation is continuing right this is where is right and you have a choice between about that improving is- their general future moral character it often actually is about stopping like an ongoing okay Good. So you worry you want to stop this, but Lashonar is also always an ongoing problem. Yes, but you could say that the self that would stop this wouldn't be Lashonhara. We're just worried that Ukraine's environment will lead to Lashonhara, whereas right. the act that you're worried will lead to Lashonhara could stop an actual issue that's ongoing. Right, but he doesn't care. I know, right. but I'm saying like if his argument is like, oh, you, how can I say that like one iser is like another iser? No, I, mean, so I think hey. what I'm not saying is saying, how can you say 
that he doesn't say to be doche. He says you have a choice. You can either you can either facilitate a culture of lashon hara, or you can facilitate a culture of I, I said nivel pale. Figure out whatever the horrible thing is that happened in the, happened in the classroom, right? So he says. Why, why is it more important to you to stop the culture of, the, of X as opposed to the culture of Y? They're both Yisraelim. So that's a, that's a weasel though, right? Because you, you can make choices. Mm-hmm. I can say, I care, right? Let's suppose what the terrible thing is that there are students who during davening are reciting, right, are reciting Mary Had a Little Lamb repeatedly during Sukkot Are you talking about loudly or like? Under their breath, right? They're pretending to daven, but really they're, shot, really they're reciting Mary Had a Little Lamb every day. It sounds like it's like the trolley problem. Wow that you know, it's different to like just not do anything and allow what's happening to happen versus to say like, to make, to do something that then shows- So it's an interesting claim that Ramosha, you, know, you wanna argue like that Ramosha's, it's not that he, right? It's not that Ramosha's saying Lashon Hara is worse than any other thing. It's just that you don't have the right to deflect, right? To use Lashon Hara to deflect, the, to deflect it. That's an interesting claim. That's a very interesting claim. I don't know why Ramosha doesn't bring up Hatech which is that normally we don't say you have to commit sins so you're a fellow person you cannot have a sin. If it's Lashon Hara, you shouldn't have to say Lashon Hara, even if it's, even if it's if murder. If it's for the good of the other person, you shouldn't have to, even if, if it's, it's still intrinsically a sin. But then it's yeah. mutter, though. Like, like, the question is whether it becomes like mutter or not. Well, 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 that answers your question of why doesn't Moshe say you should announce to everyone? Because you don't have, he doesn't have, you don't have compelling force to say that you should do something that's quite possibly a sin in order to uh, make your friend. So that's very nice, sin. right? There's a whole discussion. Um, it's, you know, it's all part of the Lerlish Masogi, of course, right? About whether, right, you know, Shabbat 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 is a classic example. Right? If you, if you, the, the bread's in the oven, right? And it's, right, can you, can you take the bread out of the oven, which is an issue of Radia Sapas, but a certain level in order to stop the person who put the, put the bread in the oven from being over the issue of Afia. So you're violating a lesser issue of Radia Sapas in order to prevent them from violating the issue of Skila of, of Afia. But he doesn't bring this up, which is interesting. Unless he doesn't bring it up, that is interesting. That is interesting. Because it's really mutter if it's Tuella is here, right? So it's not really mm. a, and this is just creating the culture. Right. As opposed to there, Radia Sapas doesn't become mutter to stop people. Well, no, but it's not quite really mutter because if they do it for the wrong reason, it isn't. That's why you don't right, want so to encourage them to do mutter, it. But that's still better. No, but I think it would explain why you don't encourage people to do it. Because you're going to because it won't they won't always do it for the right reason. Yeah. I, I think that's a great word, deflecting. Like I was trying to figure out how to like say something I was thinking before, and I didn't know how to say it. And then you said that word. That's exactly. What I was thinking about like the previous Igrod Moshe. Um, my like when I read it the first time, when we read it, that was like the the feeling, like the association that I got. That it's like that basically it seems like he's almost like deflecting something. It's like almost deflecting, not actually deflecting, but he's. It's like. It seems like at first we were we would think that um, the informer should inform, like in a classroom setting, because um, that's like what usually happened in my schools. Let's say the teacher's like, okay, who did something wrong, and like you're supposed to tell them. And then he's saying like the opposite of that. And then it seems like, and why? Because it's lashon hara, and you're like, wait, what? I never thought like that. Like informing a crime is like Lashon Ara, like in a class. And then you think, okay, because it's Lashon Ara. And then, but it's not actually deflecting because we see that it, it is, there is, it is a form of Lashon Ara. It's not like he's just saying, oh, like I'm really into this value of like autonomy and things like that. And that's why like Lashon Ara will stop people from doing this. Rather it's like, 
because it's not really Lashon Hara in certain cases, because, because of what we said before, how, um, you know, informing a crime and Latoelet and all of these different things makes it no longer, it might still be Lashon Hara, but, but because of all these other reasons, like you might be allowed to do it. So, um, if I got my point across like basically it's like it's kind of like there's like these two conflicting values of the autonomy of the student and like how that's very important and at the same time there's also um like these other values so I think like he's kind of prioritizing the autonomy of the yeah. student over like yeah. yeah which I'm good with yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so nice. sounds good okay so um the conclusion I'm gonna just say it up a bit the this is the there is a there is a kind of approach which you know which tries which resolves difficult situations through technicalities and people have very different attitudes towards that like for some people that's like a really important thing right you know i've done i've, I've accomplished something by create right by evading the conflict in values through technicality and for some people you just miss the point so I'll give the one example, then we'll, we'll actually end here and we'll figure out whether we take this up tomorrow. Uh, I really do want to do it with Sako, so I guess we'll, you'll get ahead in the court, I guess, if you're relevant, or, you, or if you haven't had lots of time to look up all the things you didn't look up, you can do the independent research, whichever way. Um, here's the model. I, I always talk about Chavez Fox on ventilators. You have two conflicting values, right? One conflicting value is it doesn't seem like it's a good thing to keep the patient alive when they're right when they're they're not capable of conscious life and right and, um, or they're in great pain. Assuming all those things are true. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, murder is bad. Right? We all understand, right? So, right. So, how do we do? So they're on the ventilator already, so we can right. So, we, so it's not the same question as putting them on the ventilator. So, what do we do? So, some of us go through moral agonies and trying to figure out what do we really think and what are really the values. Uh, and uh, and the other solution is right to sell, right is all ventilators get put on timers and therefore you turn the act of taking a person to a ventilator to the passive act of not resetting the timer. Now we've solved the problem. So some people say, oh, now we solved the problem. That's brilliant. Now we can just be passive. And some people say, what? The question you're facing is, right? What should you be doing in terms of this patient? And you have just evaded the question, right? You're using, right, by by creating a technicality, technicality right, you create technicalities that right that is an evasion of the moral issue, right? Mm -hmm. So people have different tendencies. Um, I don't like the Shabbos clock issue. I think the Shabbos clocks and that one just really like, the notion that you've solved the moral problem yeah. is hard hard to imagine. I think it helps. Right, but I don't. Right, but I understand this. Right, this well, is. I don't place. think this one. Helps. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, different things. Right? Right? That's a whole. Uh, Right, because because you don't it doesn't work as powerfully for this one tries to make a psychological claim too right which is which is more problematic because like i don't think anyone tries to do people try to claim that the, 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 the shabbos clock thing is better for ventilators because it makes people feel better psychologically about killing people it all depends why you think that why you think kumal say and shave altasa matters right so now i'm no gay here right that's old because i don't think that i think that the whole thing is a mistake and there is no difference between kumal say and shave in that area and so this is a mistake compounded you know Compounded halakhic mistake over over centuries, uh, right? You're coming with technicality to explain a position that doesn't exist, but um, it can't be. There's no there's no situation where it's much to kill somebody passively as opposed to actively. Just it's, mm -hmm. it's still um, right? There's no there's no hedger whatsoever. It's a mistake. Whatever. It's a separate year. I can give mm -hmm. You can read my article of flickering flickering flames and woodchoppers wood choppers and flickering flames. It's on the website. Mm -hmm. If you look for if you search for woodchoppers. Um, <laughs> hmm. um, I do like their.
Yes, I wrote to the author of the uh, the author of the uh, article Yub Kipper. Uh, he sent his article on end of life care, and I said I can't write comments the way I usually do because I kind of have an article about this that I'm still really a little proud of. <laughs> um, so I'm, it's hard for you to talk about that without just telling you to go read the article. Um, <laughs> I'm still a little proud of you. <laughs> and the author of this said some very nice things about him. Just you know, so we're becoming friends. Friends until he hears what we have to say. That is a. <laughs> well, we'll see. I'm, I'm very excited about, about that. Okay, so we're going to end here now. Thank you all very much. Uh, we'll resume tomorrow. We're going to. I'm going to try not to spend too much time in the Fushuke Temet and move on to the. Uh, right. What I, I guess I'll take the 30 second summary is what you all get is that the reason it was worth doing this is because it's right. Because when you try and talk about what Allah is supposed to be, so here you have a model in Ramosha. Right of outside of Kanaim Pogimbo, of places where maybe you can say what halacha is abstractly, but right, but the you have a kind of uh, Heisenberg thing in a sense, right, where telling someone what the halacha is in a specific case makes it right changes what they should do, mm -hmm. right, and so so realizing that right that the way in which you present decisions right may be very different in the abstract and in the specific cases, and that the fact of your psak can change. Both ways, what the right thing for people to do is right is a, right to change your um, right to change to change the way in which you approach the question. It's not it's not um, not an obvious thing. Okay, thank you all. We will see you all tomorrow. You didn't give us a really fun. Yes. Someone actually use the go. <laughs>